Welcome back, everyone, to Coast to Coast, the Hockey Podcast, the podcast truly by fans for fans. This is episode nine. Today, we've got a packed agenda featuring not only a returning guest, but also a new one. Uh, that is right. We've got Colin back from uh, episode five, uh, making a comeback with us today. He's joined by another friend of ours, Alex. Uh, both are huge uh, Habs fans, and it's a perfect setup um, because today, in the next hour or so, we'll be doing a our second deep dive of the summer, reviewing the Canadians organization and the Habs fan experience in Montreal. Um, but obviously, none of this will be as fun if it wasn't without my friend, another co-host, March. Uh, March, how are you today? Oh, I'm tearing up. Oh, that was beautiful. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. Uh, hopefully, everyone else is doing well as well. Um, it's almost tradition for me to talk about the weather, considering I'm in uh, Vancouver, uh, mm-hmm. and it has been raining the past couple of days, um, but I still have my AC on, so it's humid and sticky, which I hate. Uh, anyways, this is a Habs-themed episode, as Danny mentioned, and we are thrilled to have more people to talk to and hear their opinions on hockey-related topics. Uh, we all know Colin from episode five, however, uh, we will get to him in a second. Alex is joining us for the first time. Alex, how are you? I'm doing fine. That's good. Um, just uh, quickly, what is your social media handle and how long have you been a Habs fan? So my social media handle on Twitter is Cole Goldfield. So, uh, yeah, Cole Goldfield. Uh, and I've been following the Habs uh, ever since I was young, probably like as much as I can remember, five, four or five years old. Uh, mm, I don't remember okay. much about those years because... They were truly bad, but yeah, <laughs> pretty much all my life I've been a Habs fan. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Uh, Colin, how are you? Doing pretty good. How are you? Welcome back. I'm doing well. Uh, well, happy to have you guys on. Uh, we've first time we've had two guests on, but uh, we've kind of switched things up in terms of uh, how we do these podcasts. So uh, you won't hear me complaining about internet anymore, and we're actually. We're actually able to have uh, <laughs> multiple people on at the same time. Anyways, uh, like Danny mentioned, we have a deep dive going on here. Uh, Danny, do you want to take it from here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for those that listened to the last episode we did with G-Man, uh, we did the same thing with the uh, Vancouver Canucks. That was uh, that was a blast. I actually learned so much not you know living from uh, not being in Vancouver myself. Um, so I really loved it. I can't wait for for our listeners to get to know a little bit the Montreal experience. Um, so Colin and Alex, we we kind of have a, you know, again, it's going to be a free rolling, free rolling kind of topics, but uh, uh, some some sort of a structure. Uh, but don't worry too much about it. And uh, the first one is uh, is about a fan experience. But before we get into that, March, uh, I just want to highlight one thing. Um, today is episode nine, and mm-hmm. that is officially one episode further than PK Subban had <laughs> with his own episode. <laughs> So, hell yeah uh so i don't know if what that tells about uh about the future of this thing but uh, I'm, I'm actually having a blast doing this yeah it's fun it's a lot of fun pk you're you're welcome to uh hop on the bandwagon here absolutely so um so i guess uh you know let's uh let's uh give a courtesy here to our to our new guest today alex uh, tell us about the you know the fan experience in montreal where the um the bell center is located and uh, is it, you know, where in the city it is and what's interesting about it? Anything you can share with us would be would be fantastic. Well, I think the fan experience in the Bell Center is probably one of the best in the league. Uh, well, I've been to Vegas, uh, New York, 
a couple of places, but you know, there's nothing like Montreal. Uh, the Bell Center is downtown. You know, there's uh, the metro to go right there. Uh, I mean, it's perfectly located. Uh, it's easy to go to, and you know, just everything about it is just. I mean, I'm probably I'm probably pretty biased because you know I'm a <laughs> yeah. fan, but. You know, like I said, I've been to Vegas. You know, they they have shows, they have stuff they get they do to get the people going. But in Montreal, you know, you don't need anything. Uh, the, the people are just that's a good point. Going, yeah, because you know, people know hockey over here. Well, pretty much all across Canada, but you know, Montreal is just bigger because they have fans from everywhere. So even when you go, you meet new people. Uh, the fan. You know, with Abs Fan TV, you guys had them. You know, it's something cool that they do outside. And I don't know. I just I just think it's one of the best fan experience in the league. Like I said, I'm pretty biased. So, <laughs> I mean, we can we could probably compare and contrast. I mean, obviously, I've spoken uh, on the last episode. I spoke about the Canucks fan experience with G-Man a bit. Um, so we could probably do a bit of comparison. But uh, that's that is a good point. I mean, the the fans probably do make it what it is you don't necessarily need all the extras i think uh if you want to compare montreal to to vegas i think in a way they're they're similar because of how much how fun it is to go to a game but at the same time it's very different in the sense that you know you go to you go to a montreal game to experience uh the bell center to be be with fans and to cheer on the team um and i'm not saying well <laughs> after seeing the video of the vegas golden knights uh cup win celebration um mm-hmm. I mean, it's, that's one thing, but you probably go to Vegas because you hear about the shows they put on, the the fan experience, the the it's basically like seeing a concert, and and then you know when when they win when they do something hockey related like win the cup and there's a cup it's kind of like you know I I can get into that another time but it's probably you <laughs> we all saw what happened in Montreal in the streets of Montreal when they went to the Stanley Cup final I mean imagine if they won the cup so um but but it's very similar in vancouver i mean obviously 2011 um what happened in 2011 which is over people really take that to different levels saying that vancouver fans burned the city down i have to disagree i think they burnt down uh <laughs> i think it was maybe like like 100 fans flipping a car and then like the whole homeless population taking advantage of tyranny <laughs> and destroying everything they could so um but yeah, so I, I see what you mean by that. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, like you said, in 2021, uh, I was actually outside the Bell Center when the Habs won on uh, June 24th. And, you know, that experience was crazy because they didn't let many people inside. So everyone was just get, gathered outside. The police didn't let anyone in once the game started. But no, that, that experience was pretty crazy. It's something that... That I always remember because you know we're I'm still pretty young so I never experienced you know the five times cup uh, champions in row or anything like that so it was pretty crazy we had just came back from COVID so you know everyone just wanted to gather in and honestly it almost felt like we were inside it was pretty crazy because we were just watching through the the restaurants windows and yeah I saw, I remember seeing that. Uh that uh, video i was like these people have like 
eagle vision to be able to see those TVs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Many people didn't see anything, you know, because uh, it was pretty <laughs> small and everything. But, you know, just being there, like I said, it was almost being like inside. Everyone's just cheering. But, you know, there was people lighting up fireworks everywhere, uh, jumping on poles, everything. It was uh, it was crazy. It was uh, truly an amazing experience. And uh, I couldn't imagine if we had one, what would happen? Because even after that, like you said, in Vancouver, some people did something. In Montreal, the same thing happened. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, it gave us some pretty good pictures to use uh, as memes. <laughs> um, Colin, where were you uh, June 24th? I was in my living room with my family watching the game. I was nowhere mm. near the arena. I'm like six hours away from Montreal, so it takes me. I have to take a trip up there usually to go and watch games. So I go like once or twice a year. I like to get up there, watch a mm. game with the family, but wasn't able to partake in any of the COVID playoff run stuff. Unfortunately, I really wanted to go. If they if they made it to the finals, I was going 100%. But I mean, often so- not, sorry, not when they made it to finals. If it was like if they were a clinching Stanley Cup game, I was going. So that yeah, was kind of the, what that's we were fun. hoping for. Could have been sick, though, if if they did get that far. But nothing like Cole Garfield here. <laughs> so, from, <laughs> so from your experience, Colin, uh, like, you know, I, I think we, you know, we touched on it a little bit when you're on the show with us uh, previously before. But, uh, you know, what do you remember, like, uh or actually, what are the highlights of, of things around the arena and, and stuff to do other than actually, you know, those one-off events um, on a casual day on a Tuesday night? What is a cool thing to do around the Bell Center? And I guess well, there's a question for you, Alex, if you want to go next as well. Yeah, they have the they have a couple of brew pubs around that are nice to go to. I noticed when uh, I'm up there, uh, you can like go and hit a pub or a brewery before you go to the game and then you and then they're open and they have live music after the game so that's pretty nice for around the arena just before and after but also during the games it's uh it's kind of the how the fans i agree with like the fans the fan interaction part where when the play is going on what's going on in the arena like is it like is it dead quiet because everyone's just like staring at the game or like what's going on like are people standing up and yelling at the players are they getting like getting rowdy up in the 300 section mm-hmm. i remember my first game they were playing against ottawa and they were losing 5-1 in this guy i guess he he was an ottawa fan he just wanted to hit the bars so in the middle of the game he stands up plays going and he turns around and he's uh cussing out he's like you guys you guys effing suck and then he's everyone's booing him and cheering him out of the out of the nosebleeds <laughs> and then that was the game montreal it, it was like 5-2 or something and or 4-2 or Oh, yeah, they came back five goals in, like, five minutes or something crazy. And they scored with 0.3 seconds left on the clock. And I'm sure that Ottawa fan was probably pretty pissed off in a bar somewhere in Montreal that night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alex, Um, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, no, I think what Colin just said, you know, that's right. You know, there's lots of bars right next to it, you know. Like That's I said earlier, it's it's pretty nice placement that they did. And there's like a couple stuff, a couple places you can go. And, you know, even if you don't go inside, there's people outside you can have fun with. I mean, it's truly an experience to go there. It's even better going inside. Like Colin said, you know, 300, 400, that's where the party's at. Everyone's getting drunk because the tickets are cheap. Even if the beer <laughs> is like 16 to $17, people are having fun. Uh, you know, 
just going there is great. I mean, um, I just I just wanted to ask, and I, this is a question, not necessarily about the Bell Center, but it could be about the Bell Center. But it's a question about Montreal, and then it leads up to a, a ranking question. So, um, bagels are pretty big in Montreal, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, in terms of these three, uh, smoked meat sandwiches, bagels, and poutine, what's where would you like? What what's the number one? Like, what, like especially maybe even around the Bell Center or in the Bell Center, because like here I can't tell you, uh, uh, uh well I'm not gonna say a culture food, but at the same time, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean maybe Chinese food here, but uh, in in uh, in what do you call it, uh, Montreal? Like, what's what's number one? What would you consider number one out of those three? Maybe there's something else. Maybe I'm like Beaver Tails or something, but. <laughs> Was answer well, that. To, well, to me, I think my top three would be poutine, smoked meat, and bagels. Uh, I think poutine, you can get a great one anywhere you go. Smoked meat depends where you go. There's like some good ones, some bad ones, but I mean, it's yeah. pretty good where, when you go to the good places. And bagels, you know, it's pretty good, but I'm not a big bagel fan. So that's I why it's bagels. three, but, but I, you I know, gotta agree March, that they're still good. Yeah, you know, March the Bell Center is actually known for their hot dogs, by the way, within the city. I actually was um, gonna put hot dogs on that <laughs> list, but I didn't because I was like, "There's no way Montreal is known for hot dogs." It's but, it's the uh, cheapest hot dogs you can imagine, like the, those in the Bell Center. Are, yes, it's the. I mean, no, I mean, like yeah. in, in terms of like quality, it's the cheapest you can find. It's those uh, 99 cent pack of Walmart bread, like it's it's. But the way that they make them, the way that they're grilled, and, and I don't know what, like it's. That's what makes it uh, so special. Put, Those like, um, Lafleur like uh, hot dogs. No, not even. Yeah, La- what is it, Alex? Go ahead. Yeah, it's Lafleur hot dogs. Yeah, toasted. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't exactly. like them, and they're probably no, like no. six dollars or. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's nothing for six dollars in Rogers Arena, so. Uh, <laughs> not even the popcorn that I bought, that I mentioned last. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, Lafleur hot dogs. Um. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Like, there was one thing I want to talk about, though. Uh, yeah. Like when we were comparing the entrances for Vancouver, remember, Marsh, when I when I told you I wasn't too sure about the entrances. Maybe we can confirm this with Colin and uh, and Alex. But um, so the entrance for the Bell Center, there's actually like only two, right? Like the, the main one at the front and the next one next to the statues. But like in the back of of the Bell Center, that's just like the, the parking entry, right, for the players and stuff. Or am I completely wrong here? No, you're 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 wrong. I think there's like there's an uh, entrance there's on like the back five or six by tricolor. I don't know how far back it wraps. I've never got really gone far farther past a tricolor from the main street on the one side, and then I, maybe there is. I'm not sure. That's a good question. There's maybe there's four. I'm sure of, but yeah. No, there, there's a lot of entries because there's one with the metro. There's one uh, where oh, yeah, for sure. all the, the videos you saw from the, the Stanley Cup run. There's that's like right. one right there. There's yep. another one like that's through a, um, a restaurant over there. There's another one. And on the oh, side, yeah. Yeah. there's another one. I think it's for VIP and suits. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think there's like four or five easily. 
but there's yeah. too big and there's uh, obviously there's yeah. like there's there's a dozen of course but what i meant like in terms of the main ones like with the box office and people you know those x-ray scans and all of these people that have to go through them there's like maybe a, maybe a handful only um but in the back it's it's not really for fans like right it's really mostly for the for the buses of the teams and, and yeah it's the the majority, and probably the majority yeah. of people only the season vets would go to any secret entrances in the back yeah, yeah, because that's what that's what she said. Okay. Yeah. Just because, um, <laughs> in comparison to, uh, yeah, just because, and also, I mean, obviously, because I'm just looking at, uh, obviously, this is a comparison, comparison, because once I get a better idea for other arenas through this podcast, um, but it, I'm looking at venue maps for both Rogers Arena and the Bell Center. Um, it doesn't really say the gate access for the Bell Center, but I think obviously one thing is there's just three levels to the Bell Center compared to two at the Rogers Arena. Um, but, but the thing is there's access on both first level and the second level for Rogers arena. I guess this would just be the first level. I'm also looking at the, the, um, I mean, you have three levels of venue at the bell center. So you have different restaurants at every level and there's probably also a lot more room for these venues. Um, like, like I see you have like a Tim Hortons, is the Tim Hortons at the bell center, like a little stand or is it like a kind of almost like a. No, no, I'm not talking about. A, okay, Danny, I'm talking about like, like, is it like a little section or is it pretty full fledged? It's pretty full fledged, you know. Yeah, like the comparison to like Rogers Arena is like, it is, it is like, you, you literally see like like a TV screen that's the size of like where they're making the coffee, and it's all they're selling is coffee, and that's the cheapest thing you can buy at Rogers Arena. So, I think the difference between the Bell Center is like there's just so much room and there's so much options, and I'm seeing the where you get the hot dogs here. And you can get them on uh, every level. There's like four of them on every level, which is crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, there's also the Desjardins section, which I, I think is the 200s, where y- you yep. can eat for free. So that's uh, another you could, great place you to could, go. You, you can eat for free. Yeah, it's included <laughs> in box. your ticket. Yeah, it's yeah. like a $200 ticket or something, right? Usually. Yeah, it's what way the... more expensive, but you can eat for free. But you're also 200 level. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. Remember, I'm March, to... when I told you, like, the numbers of your ticket is actually the floor, the name of the number of your floor. So when he's saying, like, the, the, the 200s, that's basically second floor, and that's where the, yeah, uh, the box know. offices I... are. Yeah, I, I can see. Uh, I'm looking at the map now. I don't know what Rogers is. Rogers, uh, Rogers is the same thing, but we don't have two hundreds. We have one hundreds and three hundreds. Um, and the numbers are in Chinese. They even <laughs> they even have like an Air Canada lounge now up there too, and it's like it's, you like buy them. It's like for companies they'll buy like tickets. It's like probably like fifty thousand. No, it's probably like more like a hundred thousand for a season or something. And then like is bring clients and sit down like you have like a table at your seat for the game and like there's chargers and stuff like it's really cool and it's uh mm. i think it's a pretty recent addition it looks pretty cool though yeah, it's it at, was uh, right after the stanley cup run yeah. is it really is it or on the during... it's on the away side yeah yeah it's very cool, cool. Mascots. Uh, I mean, it's like it's kind of a kind of a controversial uh, thing. I mean, obviously we all not gonna, we're not going to have the same opinion as as everyone else. But uh, what do you guys think of UP and and uh, where he ranks uh, in the league? UP. Yep. Top. Top. Huh? 
Yeah, Gritty's a fraud. Uh, like everyone says, Gritty. <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows Gritty's a fraud. He is. Philly just took Yuppie and just made him look make, make him a crackhead. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> they, the word they I was going to use too. Yeah, they turned Yuppie into a crackhead, and that's pretty much the end of the story. Like Yuppie's not the best. What's Seattle's a troll? Like I don't know. Is, is Seattle's trying to turn Disney on into Disney on Ice or something with the trolls thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there's literally is a troll. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, does UP do like okay? Well, like that. I'm saying this like UP's like you know. Uh, UP is yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying like, does UP do things around the the community in Montreal? Well, yeah, he does sometimes. He, he was just at Comic Con. Uh, he was at Comic Con. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. But you know, he he does. You know, the Habs have their foundation. He he does. He does quite a bit of stuff. You know, I think it's nice that they brought him uh, from the expos that we had. You know, I think it's cool they bring they brought him. I mean, it's just Yuppie. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine being Yuppie is like a full time job. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. other team, other teams mascots is like part time, but like Yuppie, like it's Yuppie's probably constantly going to like the foundations and different things to. Just be 100%. there. I have, yes, a, yes. I have a neat story about you, guys. I'm not sure if this was uh, general knowledge, but it's a, it's a true story. Um, do you guys know who actually met, who actually went to get UP from the expos? No, no, I don't. Your dad? No, it was uh, <laughs> Julian Brisebois, the GM of Tampa Bay. Oh, he, really? On a secret mission, he was tasked to go. He grabbed, he stole one of the trucks from the from the Montreal organization. He drove to the to the stadium, picked him up. He was, I think, he was in a closet somewhere. Um, he, he smelled, he was dirty. He smelled like beer and, and <laughs> trash. Um, he put him in in him and all of his toys and 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 all of these things. Uh, put him in garbage bags and drove it back to the Bell Center. And only like a few people only knew about it. Before they could clean him up, clean him up, and they can reintroduce him as UP with the uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. There's a full story about this, by the way. I'm not sure if you guys know about this. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so uh, UP was we'll supposed to be to... homeless when they took <laughs> when they took out the Expos. And I can, Imagine... I remember like Julien like was saying like it was so dirty and disgusting and couldn't even even hold it. I just put it in the truck somehow and I opened the windows when I was driving and it was telling the whole story. And then he came to the Bell Center. I think it was like in a some sort of a dumpster or something that he he hide he had to hide UPN until the announcement was made. So yeah. It was him who did uh yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really that's that's interesting. I feel I feel for UP when Montreal gets the MLS team back and then he has to do double duty. Yeah, <laughs> 160 baseball games, 80, 80 NHL <laughs> games, birthday parties. Maybe that's foundations. why they invented the blue guy. What was the name of the blue guy? Metal. 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 That guy. Metal. That guy needs needs to leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was actually Alex uh, from Habs Fan TV that talked about uh, how it was kind of like an inside uh, inside control thing of 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 of. I don't know, creative control in terms of of getting metal on board. And this was, I think, the the um, 
the the result of one person's idea it's like okay let's bring in this metal guy now i will say it was very fun like the funniest mascot clip one of the funniest mascot <laughs> clips was him with the popcorn that was so funny i i do love that clip but i mean to tell you the truth i'm not a huge mascot person i know finn for the canucks does a few things around the community um you you, you what the canucks have a is 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 up kind of the only i wouldn't say mascot but you know like personable figure in the bell center or are there other people doing other things in the bell center that's a good question just, that's a good just setup. Like, go ahead guys well Alex, you want to go first i mean there's always people doing entertainment you know during the commercial break and, and things but yeah i think most of the time it's only up you know taking pictures with but you know there's ford also that's doing stuff like games you can play um you know once the nhl had biosteel as their sponsor they were there you know they were giving stuff to to the fans and everything they can do stuff but you know as like a figure of entertainment i mean there's metal now but yeah it's mainly up (laughs) metal yeah Metal is pretty wild, actually, because when I was at the reverse retro game uh, this year, they metal like they got they gave a guy a tattoo like at the game during the game. He was like laying down on the on a, I guess, tattoo chair or t- tattoo table. And they were just giving him a Montreal Canadiens tattoo because he got like picked out of the fans like they were doing like a camera thing and people were cheering and whoever got cheered the most had to go get a tattoo. Oh my goodness. <laughs> my Which God. is just nuts. Like imagine you just sit at the game, you don't think you're getting the tattoo, and the next thing you know, you're getting tattooed on the table. By I want more tickets too. You, uh, they got a professional artist to come do it. If there's oh, metal, okay. imagine, imagine they give it to the mascot though. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Initially, I thought it was that. I was like, that's crazy. I would never trust that guy in my life. Luckily, oh, the man. guy at our game had a lot of tattoos, so I'm sure he was fine with it anyway. Like that's pretty interesting. You can just like add it to the sleeve, right? Mm, yeah i mean like yeah yeah if you have a bunch i mean i would really it would really depend for me like i don't have tattoos so it would definitely go somewhere hidden but um but yeah that's actually quite interesting the only reason i asked this in terms of other personal figures in the league i mean this is a thing we talked about last episode there's a guy for the canucks his name's crazy pete and he literally just runs around in your face and starts smacking a, a drum and gets everyone to, he does he starts like waves and stuff like that um but I got and and we have like the siren at the beginning and we have all these things and then the, the Finn he takes like a sh- shirt like a t-shirt cannon and shoots things into the the crowd and it's pretty fun and now I want to go back to the fan experience because I remember I, I the only games well I go to some Canucks games but the ones I really look forward to are when Montreal's in town and it's it's I was actually just talking to my friend last night uh, G-Man about uh, the um, blackouts in the league and and this whole thing about you know who what are blackouts and i kind of did a little research and found out what blackouts were who causes them um why they're a thing and it it is quite interesting um because it's supposed to protect your home market the thing about that is like and we're going we're talking about how vegas the vegas owner during the playoffs he he prevented uh opposing teams fans from i mean look at tampa bay they stopped opposing like remember when we played them in the playoffs, they stopped Montreal fans from even going into the arena. But the Vegas, um, he the owner, he said, okay, well let's just basically have 
like we can bring them in but they're not allowed to sit together they're like they're like in the worst seats imaginable and mm-hmm. all of this stuff the 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 thing about it is like I can see what they mean, but at the same time, it's like you have got a city like Vancouver where it's like 50% Canucks fans and like literally 50% Montreal fans. So when I was at the game, it's literally 50% Montreal fans and it's so fun. Now I find I don't know about the Bell Center. I mean, what's your? I'll probably ask this question now. What's the desirable seating area in the Bell Center? Is it the 200s? Is it the the Lugos. lower bowl? Anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Anywhere. I mean, you can get a seat, man. Okay, I was going to say you get a seat Marge, you get a quality seat. I can tell you. It okay. Doesn't matter where you sit. Okay. Um I mean, can you say the same about the Calgary okay. Flames, Danny? No, you, even if you pay $10,000, you get a shitty seat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's not go there, but uh, yeah. Uh Colin, what were you going to say? I was say anywhere except for like around the benches and penalty box cuz I think you can't see the whole ice. You got to be up high enough so you can like see above them. I've had that issue where if you sit down too close sometimes, you, like, get clipping in the glass. You can't, like, see, like, half the play, depending on where you're sitting. So you have to, like, look up oh, at the okay. Jumbotron, you know what I'm saying? But that's the same in any arena, so. I still stand by yeah. my anywhere answer. I Yeah, I find <laughs> the, the lower bowls to be a little, I mean, you can only, it's really nice to see. Like, I was lower bowl a few times, and I only say I'm was lower bowl a few times because it's hell expensive here. doesn't matter if you're playing Arizona Coyotes you're still getting charged an arm and a leg. But for the most part, I, I like I'm up in the, you know, like upper bowl, but like at the wall. And I still find that the best seat. Like it's it's so fun. And it's so cool because you'll get these groups of people. So like a lot of Montreal fans will be at the top. And there'll be tons on the bottom row, but like for the most part, any fan is really in the top because no one could afford the lower bowl. But it's so fun because you're just because it seems like the Canucks don't really do this where they they put fans not together. There's literally like hundreds of house fans and they're all drunk as hell. And they're all like screaming in French and it's so funny. And then there's a section and it's really cool. I don't know if any, there's probably other teams that have this and I've seen it on TV before, but the connects, they all, they usually have a section about 20 to 40 people in referee jerseys. And it's the funniest thing ever because every time like the referee calls, blows a whistle, they just start going nuts. And it's it's so funny. It's so cool. And you're just laughing your ass off. And then when it's so that I remember that game, there'd be like whistles and they'd be cheering. And then everything every time Montreal did something, there'd be like Olay chance and literally just completely fledged out Canucks fans. But I don't know. I don't know how many what the ratio in Montreal is. Okay, there's another question. What's the ratio of other fans in in I guess the majority other majority would be Leafs fans or Senators fans? Well, yeah, obviously when Toronto or Ottawa comes, there's a lot of fan, but not many, you know, I still say it's pretty much, yeah, at least in 90% Habs fan. Wow. It depends. It always depends because, you know, last couple of years, you know, we suck. So obviously that's true. Yeah. So obviously there's going to be fans from other teams, but, you know, it's mostly mainly only the Leafs and Ottawa, you know. Any other so, teams, you'll get a couple people, but really not that much. If you're going around Montreal, do you see a lot of other team apparel, or is it mainly Montreal? You, you kind of see, yeah, you you do see mainly Montreal. You you're always gonna have the people, you know that that want to be cool, that want to hold the the team that's <laughs> that's there. So you know, there's always people, you know, but it's fun, you know. But yeah, mainly Montreal. 
I'll never, I'll never forget. I asked this. I was on the bus and I asked this old Filipino guy. He had a Montreal hat on. And I went up to him. I said, oh, you're a Habs fan, eh? And he's like, what? That you're <clears throat> Montreal Canadians? He says, no, I just like the colors. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, sure. Um, but yeah, the majority here is Canucks. But you do see a lot of Montreal. You see Leafs. Uh, there's a few Leafs here. Um, you see a lot of like... There's a, there's a few American teams like Boston, like when like with, when the Canucks had the and I don't want to make this a Canucks episode here, but just a final thing when the Canucks were here or the Bruins were here for the finals, there's so many Bruins fans. So it's actually really interesting how many American team fans there are. And I mean, obviously, like I'm a I'm in Vancouver and I'm a Montreal fan. So obviously, you could live somewhere like in a Canadian city and be team of someone else. But I think that has all also to do with history. And we'll get that into that in a little bit. But both Montreal, I think there's such a rich history and so much success that, you know, how many people there are saying, I'm going to cheer for someone else other than Montreal? Like, you know, you have kids or something. It's like, come on, are you going to cheer for Seattle? Are you going to cheer for 24 Cup winner, you know, Montreal Canadiens versus the Canucks who haven't won anything? It's like, okay, I'm going to cheer for someone else. So <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, Danny, uh, you want to move on to something else? Or you... Yeah, definitely. I mean, last thing I want to say about the... One thing that we didn't really touch on, and I, we can do this kind of quickly, but like the, it, it's kind of underrated because once you live in Montreal, guys, like especially for you, Alex, like uh, when I was living in Montreal, this wasn't really a factor up until I went to Calgary, and it's the complete opposite. Um, the speakers in in the Bell Center and the sound quality and 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 the ambiance and even the air and 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 the temperature and everything, it is just perfect. And I don't think any arena can say the same thing. Um, maybe some of them are more modern and, and better at that. But I've been to Detroit. I've been to, um, like I said, to Calgary and stuff. But it's it's unmatched completely to, to Montreal. Like when that goal horn goes on, like we do in our in the beginning of our episode, it is insane. It is insane the uh, the uh, the quality of the sound and and just how rich it is. So just wanted something to to say as well about my experience there. Uh, I think. Um... I think uh, NHL players consider Montreal the best uh, ice in the league. Yeah, yeah, we've heard about that before. That's yeah. I mean, Seattle obviously that's an interesting experience because they just use rainwater. Um, I think Vancouver should do that, considering there's nonstop rain. But mm-hmm. um, I, 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 that's a, an arena I'd like to go to. But yeah, especially the Bell Center, uh, you hear from NHL fans you, or NHL players too. That's uh, that's speaking volumes. So. Awesome. Yeah. Right on. Didn't have to import our water from Iceland or wherever Ottawa imported theirs from last season. Oh, did they? Yeah, they like imported water. Yeah, I got blocked by Sean Simpson because I started making fun of him because I thought it was pretty <laughs> funny. He wrote a he wrote a whole art he wrote a whole article on how Ottawa is like imported water from somewhere in Europe and uh, how the ice is gonna be faster. And then I just commented, I was like, they all play on the same ice. Like, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, the, the ice isn't just faster for ottawa <laughs> like it's fast <laughs> yeah they're both both play on the same surface so and then i guess he didn't really appreciate that comment and i got a block for it <laughs> how logical of you <laughs> that's funny okay guys we're getting into the meat of it right now my probably my favorite segment when we do these d- deep dives is the team roster one of the things that we did with the Vancouver deep dive was we kind of focused on the main players and and we obviously you know named a few players that either left the organization or not but 
uh, or on the verge of maybe potentially leaving the organization. But you know, for this Habs um, deep dive, uh, I'm not sure, March, uh, how you want to approach it, uh, you know, with Alex and and uh, and Colin. But um, let's talk about the roster. Uh, are you guys excited about the the Habs roster right now? Um, you know, I think anyone who looks at your profile, Alex, can kind of guess who's your favorite player there. Uh, so maybe I'll start with you. Um, you know, uh, what can you tell people about the roster of the Canadians? Well, I think, uh, I, you know, it's a rebuild right now. So, you know, there's not much to be like crazy about, but I, I do like the where they're going. I feel like, you know, with their most recent trade, you know, where they traded uh, Pitlick and Hoffman, uh, I think it leaves place for like the young players because you know it's it's a fairly young roster when you look at it i um you know just on defense lots of young guys you know you got Gooley, you got jacka you got harris uh you know there's more you know you got baron um so i think you know the, i think the future is exciting you know there's lots of things that needs to go well in order you know to be true contenders uh, but, you know, I feel like uh, this team is, not, you know, I don't think we're going to be really great this year um, since the Atlantic is really, you know, it's a, one of the strongest division in the league. But, uh, you know, I mean, I I see Cole Caulfield scoring and, you know, I'm just happy. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not fair. much. But, yeah, yeah you know, fair. I think, uh, you know, it's probably like, a guy like Armia that that I wouldn't want there, you know, Dvorak, Savard, but you know the rest is fairly young. There's a there's a couple guy you know to get excited on, you know. There's Slap who's still fairly young. We can we just have to wait and see what he does, you know. But he's a big body, he's a big guy. He's he's one of those guys you don't see often in the league, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know it's a fairly young roster. Um, and, you know, we got to look at the future because uh, we're re- we're rebuilding anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah, I, if I had a... So, I mean, there's there's been recent additions, obviously, and we'll get into a, a certain trade that went down. But, um, Colin, I guess I'll ask you this. I mean, in terms of recent additions, um, what are your thoughts on Alex Newhook and where do you think he'll be slotting into this roster? Alex Newhook, I didn't really well obviously i heard him because of the world juniors before uh back oh my goodness whatever year that was when he was on the world junior team uh and he impressed me when he was in the world juniors and then obviously got drafted colorado kind of fell off my radar because i wasn't like i don't really follow the western teams that hard like i I pay a lot more closer attention to the eastern conference teams but kind of when people go out west i kind of tend to they kind of fall off my radar but when I heard that we got we uh, traded for him, I was pretty pretty excited because I kind of remembered from a couple of years back that he he seemed to impress me. So uh, and then I started watching some of his highlight tapes and uh, kind of remembered how he he likes to play with uh, his speed and to really use his legs to get positioning and he has a good shot, some good deception. So I think uh, and I'll, I guess where I think he'll slot in is probably somewhere around the second line. Hopefully, he can get, it'd be cool if he go could go up to the first line and play with. Uh, Suzuki and Caulfield but I don't know how that would uh, work if uh, depending on how he progresses obviously like we take we traded for Doc last year in the same style of trade I think it's kind of like giving the just giving them a really 
a fresh start at such a young age like it's kind of like giving a boost to their ceiling like they tend to cut the ceilings kind of tend to come back down to them as they don't really progress but like this kind of gives a boost to them and maybe like a little rejuvenation for them to kind of reach a little higher potential than they might have if they stayed with the same organization so hopefully he uh gets off to a strong start you know a couple two or three goals in the first uh five games or five six games wouldn't hurt uh I'd like to see that. That'd be pretty cool to start off the season. And I guess you just see where he takes it from there, right? Because if yeah. any of these players break out, like, I don't know. Like, it's kind of it's kind of tough to read this team as bad or good, I guess. Because uh, some players, like, do take a little later to become a solid player. Like, 25, like, most of our team's under 25 right now. Like, 25, you think you're just hitting your peak at 25, right? And our entire team's, like, 18, 19, 22 max. So it should be interesting to see how uh, the year goes. Hopefully, if uh, one of them's going to break out, more than one of them does, I guess. And uh, we'll see what happens from there because I don't really – I don't know if this – like it looks like everyone says tank, but like at the same time, if a couple <laughs> things go right, I don't know if I'm seeing it going tank, especially considering we were only like a couple – like not a couple, but like what, five extra wins out of a – five wins out of a playoff spot last season like that's not that many wins to make up I don't think or at one point we were in the playoff race and only like five wins out so didn't seem too far at the time teams make that up all the time so yeah Montreal had a really really uh, good start last season I mean obviously Suzuki and Caulfield are both flying out of the gate um Kirby Doc was playing well there's someone who wasn't playing well but picked up <laughs> when we wanted to tank was Matheson um, so he technically picked up the wrong time, but we got a pretty decent player in that. Um, I would probably consider him. I mean, okay, maybe this is a question for Danny because he's uh, opinionated on our defense. But n- would you consider Matheson our best defenseman? Not even close. 100%. Exactly. See. <laughs> okay, who is the best defenseman on the on the half? Oh no, Danny? no, that's what I meant. I, not even. It's not even. There's oh, no it's not even close. Oh, okay. Even, I, yeah, I mean. Okay. And this is going to be controversial, and a lot of people are not going to agree with me, but I would say Matheson is the best one so right now, and right after him is Gouli, in my opinion. Wow. No respect to Petrie. Okay, uh, so we'll get, we'll, we'll, get in, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, going yeah. back to what uh, Alex was talking about in terms of uh, rebuilding and going to what Colin was talking about in terms of uh, how this new hook trade very, was very similar to Doc, something I've talked about on the podcast before, and I think I'd like to say it now um, because maybe it's something to look back to uh, uh, for episode nine in the next couple of years, is what I think Canadian teams like to do. And, and I would probably consider some American teams, but any team with a lot of money to make um, might not go through a full rebuild, like someone like Chicago or Arizona. Uh, what I consider this, and what I called it before, is an accelerated rebuild. And one way you do that is, okay, one way you do that and one way you ruin it is by signing uh, free agents um, to stupid contracts, um, which Bergevin did in a way with Hoffman and guys like that. Um, we, we know his free agencies were the greatest. But, um, you know, with Kirby Doc and Alex Newhook, these guys aren't 18-year-old prospects. These guys are, are, are players who either didn't get enough opportunity or, or just didn't fit with certain systems and are already around, what I think both of them are around 21, 22. Um, Newhook, Newhook is a 20. They're, yeah, they're both the same age because um, they're both in the um, 2019 draft. So our top six consists of three 2019ers. 
2019 NHL draftees. Um, yeah, you know what? Like, because I'm, I'm just looking at daily face off their lineup, um, which is what uh, uh, Puck Empire on Instagram had created their thing off of. They have like Sean Monahan on the first, Jake Evans above him. They've got uh, no Jack guy in the lineup. Um, you know, the, the funny things. I wanted to get into, uh, we're going to get into the full trade, but our acquisitions from that trade, uh, Casey the Smith and Jeff Petrie, um, do we see potentially, because right now the goaltending duo is as Jake Allen and Sam Montembeau. Do we see Jake or Casey DeSmith, and I'll ask this to Alex, um, do we see Casey DeSmith making a, a showing in there, or do you think he's going to get flipped? Well, to me, I would like them to flip Allen, because I think, you know, he's pretty old. Um, he's not, he doesn't have a terrible contract, but, you know, I think he... It would be easier to flip than the Smith, and I think I'll be more than okay with having Montembeau and the Smith. I think with what with what uh, Montembeau did last year, I think he deserved, you know, to get that uh, starting spot, you know, get more get more in it. Uh, and I think the Smith, you know, he's not terrible. He's not the greatest either. But uh, you know, I saw this on Twitter. If he was on the Habs last year, he would have. The, the best out of the, uh, the two goalies or whatever, how many we used. Um, so, you know, he's still not <laughs> terrible. I saw Pittsburgh fans saying, you know, he's trash and everything, but, you know, Allen with his, he's got many injuries, you know, over the years. Um, so, you know, I think I, I'd like to see this mid stay. Um, I could see them running in with three goalies, you know, to start also. Um, That's possible. Yeah. I just think, you know, it depends where they want to go. To me, I would trade Allen because, you know, I think for a team that, that wants the, that veteran presence and everything, he'd be great. And I would like to see more from Montembeau, you know, because uh, he played great last year. And every time, you know, he was starting to play great, Allen was coming back. And I felt like he didn't get the chances he deserved. Uh, so I would like to Smith, you know, I don't think he'd complain or whatever, but Honestly, I think they'll probably just roll with three goalies to start. That's, I think you're, uh, I think you're uh, now uh, Danny's favorite uh, count, considering all the praise you gave uh, Sam Montembeau there. Uh, I have to agree here. He's the, he's right there at the top <laughs> now. Uh, no, but I have to say, like for myself, I, and by the way, like guys, I, I'm not sure if he knew, but um, I was actually watching a Spit and Chicklets um, uh, latest episode, uh, maybe ten minutes before we got on air tonight. And uh, they were talking about uh, the Smith. So Kobe Armstrong was actually golfing with the Smith's uh, dad um, the day before he was traded. And since the um, uh, Smith's dad is a diehard Habs fan, like insane Habs fan. His his golf bag is a Habs uh, golf bag. <laughs> wow. So yeah, and and when he so he does this with everyone. The Smith is almost actually uh, embarrassed of it. But every time there's a player surrounding them um, that has played for the Habs before, the dad always harasses them to sign the golf bag. So, um, yeah, so this myth dad asked Colby Armstrong to sign the Habs bag. And then the day after, his son was traded to the Canadians. So Colby, <laughs> uh, Colby uh, uh, texted the Smith and said, hey, look, uh, maybe you can go to see your dad now and sign his golf bag <laughs> with the Canadians. That's amazing. Um, I completely agree with Alex. Um, 
the only the only reason I would like to keep Allen is only just to see his red face when he gets getting scored on. Uh, <laughs> I, I enjoyed is... that uh, very much so. But uh, no, joking aside, I I am so comfortable with Montembeau. I mean, I've I've said this to a lot of people, and and a lot of people thought I was crazy two years ago when I was saying this. Um, but Montembeau, as far as I'm concerned, is is uh, second tier in the league. Um, I, w- I wouldn't obviously put him first tier, but I can think of at least ten goalies worse than him. So I think it's a good point in terms of starters, but at the same time, Montembeau actually didn't play a whole lot of games. Um, but I mean, to tell you the truth, it's uh, we'll have to see. When we first got him, I mean, I would have considered him a really good backup, but um, this is the kind of goalie I'd like to run with for um, for for at least the near future. Once we get competitive, we'll see where he's at. But I mean, we drafted uh, every single, almost every goalie in the recent draft, so there's got to be <laughs> someone in there that's uh, that's uh, pretty good. Uh, another play I wanted to talk about. <laughs> and this is a good one, obviously, uh, for many reasons. Um, Jeff Petrie. Um, mm. To tell you the truth, didn't gain a lot of traction on Twitter, as I thought, because um, Jeff Petrie came and some people were laughing, but for the most part, no one's really talked about him. I guess that's because people are, are, are probably assuming that he's gone. But there was, I think someone mentioned that he, they're looking to move him either this summer or or by the trade deadline. If this guy plays with us, I mean, <laughs> it's going to be really weird. Also considering Jonathan Kovacevic has his number. So that's going to be interesting. But I do we see them? Because I guess we have the opportunity to retain 50%. He's getting paid 4.8 or something like that right now. After like 16 other retentions from other teams. Um, <laughs> so we had the the opportunity to retain him again. He got like 31 points with Pittsburgh. It's not bad, but Pittsburgh fans don't like him. I think for the same reason we didn't like him when he was playing with Ducharme. But um, I think a lot of people feel bad for his wife. I don't know why. I is there what's the whole thing with him and his wife? Did she just not like Montreal? Did she say something about them when he, she got to Pittsburgh? I mean, everyone's saying rip uh, Julie Petrie. So I don't know if anyone has a sauce on that. I do not. I was actually also wondering what the sauce was on that. I just remember Petrie's whole quote when he went to Pittsburgh. He's like, yeah, it just feels more professional here. It's more competitive or whatever. It's like, yeah, you're playing with Crosby. <laughs> you play on a team that's being established by Sidney Crosby. I, I, I'd hope it feels pretty professional there. Like, I just searched it up. It said uh, Jeff Petrie's wife called out a Costco manager for discrimination in Montreal. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't yeah. So I guess she's scared of the Costco in Montreal. I don't know. So she can't go nah, to Costco. That, that's not actually what happened, you know, because uh, one of the main things uh, when there was COVID, you know, Quebec had one of the biggest uh, restrictions and everything. You know, there was a curfew. Uh, there was lots of stuff. And she she felt like she didn't have, you know, much free, like she couldn't do all the stuff she wanted in Quebec. Uh, she felt like she was trapped uh, with all the restrictions everywhere. You know, mm, I don't okay. know her vaccination status and everything. You know, I, I completely don't care. But uh, she felt like there was too much restrictions. And, uh, you know, because we saw when with the U.S., uh, you know, they basically had none. So it was a big difference. And she didn't like that. And she was pretty vocal about it. Uh, so that was one of the main reasons. 
But now everything is open again, so now Petrie can come back and be a 1A defenseman, and then we can flip him for 14 first at the trade deadline. <laughs> Just because COVID's over. <laughs> I think he will be gone, in my opinion. Well, I mean, so Eric Engels was recently on the, the sick... Uh, uh, the sick podcast with uh, Tony Marinaro um, and said that he spoke, I spoke with them and they're doing well under the circumstances. What happened has happened and they know the hockey business. Well, they are aware that Kent Hughes will try to trade the veteran defenseman before the start of the season, but if he doesn't manage to do so, they will come to a Mon- They will come to Montreal and do everything in their power to try to turn it into a positive situation. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Uh, what was very interesting is, well, I think, um, a little over a year ago, Ms. Petrie had criti- Mrs. Petrie had cr- criticized life in Quebec and Canada before expressing joy over the Pittsburgh trade. She even moved in the middle of the season to the United States, leaving Jeff alone in Quebec to finish his season. Um, yeah, it must she be said was in that Michigan this was, that last part, yeah. Yeah, and this this was mainly due to r- related health measures and such. Um, and since then, there's no problem. I mean, she's coming back to Montreal. That's probably pretty opened up, but for the most part, she probably left on the sour note. Jeff too, in a way. Um, but I, I, I think it's a totally different situation. Um, I think they're. I think Kent Hughes probably says, "Listen, you're, <laughs> you, you got traded here. It's not like you know, I, I, I'm not. He's not gonna say this, but he's not gonna say like I, you know, I wasn't begging for you. But you know, he definitely, it was probably like the only contract worth moving when taking back a defenseman like Carlson. It's true. It's true. So um, it's just, it literally, this is a hockey trade. Uh, it has nothing to do with any, any recent thing. So we'll just try and move you again. But I don't know if they were going to move him again. I, I would probably say uh, a fourth round pick if they could get that. I, I don't want to take on any other contract for it, but. Oh, well. As far as I'm concerned, he's more valuable than Sherratt. I mean, I'm not saying we're getting a first for him, but uh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised if, if a team, and I, I know me and Alex, we talked about this a little bit, and you know, I, I think that LA would be a great fit for him. Uh, Virgil already knows him. He already has uh, the t-shirts uh, all laid out for his wife. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he would be he would be happy there. Uh, retained at 50%. They have nobody uh, uh, behind uh, Dowdy on the right side, so that that is know. they did also just trade Sean Dursey, so that's a good point. Uh, they they are a little weak on the right side, I would assume. However, um, I I don't know how much Mark how much longer Mark Bergeron has in 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 LA. Considering wasn't he uh, interviewed for Calgary's position or is it Toronto's? Toronto. Oh yeah, oh, that would have been fun if he Maybe dude. Calgary too, but yeah. Okay, if he if he got inter- if he got the Toronto job. Oh my God, that would have been so fun. <laughs> I, he would have been the most hated Le- Leafs GM in history, <laughs> like immediately. It wouldn't even... first day, first day, first day, fire Bergevin. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, all the guys on Twitter lived what we lived. <laughs> like they were all there. Yeah, exactly. That's true. All the Leafs fans knew our hate for him, it's just, so they're, yeah. they're getting him. Like imagine we got Dubis, we just know we're about to get a bunch of random trades <laughs> for washed up old talent. <laughs> Carlson well, well, to the Wayne house. Simmons, uh, Wayne Simmons, a six years extension. <laughs> like, oh, Tom Wilson's looking pretty good right now for six by six. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, you know, I didn't really talk about the roster, but I, I, I guess I can just quickly glance over it. Uh, for those that are follow, looking at it on Cap Friendly. Um, I actually almost had a, a mini heart attack not seeing Caulfield on that list. 
but he's all the way at the bottom in the long term injured. So I guess he's still uh, not sorry, not long term, but the injured reserve. I guess he's still injured for whatever reason, still on that list, uh, along with Monaghan, uh, Slav, and, and uh, Jackai. Um, if I if I want to take a look at the roster, I mean, I like Nick Suzuki. Suzuki is great. I think is uh, uh, he, he's not McDavid, uh, but he's not supposed to be. But I would still take whatever we we're getting from him from a lot of other centers that we have in the league, a lot of other captains as well. Um, Josh Anderson, don't mind it too much. Uh, if I'm looking at the the usual. Well, we, me and March, uh, we call the U-Hauls. Um, I won't even name them, but like, you know, the, the usual suspects, the Evans, the Dvorak, and the Armias and stuff. Um, I, I really like uh, Harvey Pinard, uh, very much so. But Zeta is one of those guys that you, you kind of look at and you, you scratch your head like, is this guy a plug or is he like a, a third liner? Is he a superstar? Is he a uh, George Larac? And like, what is this guy, you know? Uh, one time you see him like, can't even skate straight, and the next time he's <laughs> jumping from pools, and I don't know what, like with a six pack. Like, <laughs> he's got this ugly mop face, but he's like his wife is like is his girlfriend is like ten out of ten. Like I don't know, like it's uh, <laughs> too many mixed. Uh, it's too mixed. Like he scores like beautiful goals, amazing sellies, but like he finishes the season with like three points. Like, I don't know, like. <laughs> you know? That's true. He's a very confusing player, and I think if I was going to compare. Uh, I think this is the player Michael McCarron wanted to be, and this is the player that that Habs management did not want Michael McCarron to be. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, I I hate him. <laughs> Last year, I made fun I of him a lot. I, he's he's okay. Yeah, I think he's a really good. Uh, he's perfect for the locker room. He's paid nothing. You got him for two more years. If he's in and out of the lineup, if he's on like your scratch list, this is the kind of guy you want around the team. Hey, good for him. That's fine. Yeah, he can jump yeah. out of pools for the next two years. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what's um, okay? Uh, yeah, I, I was gonna say that. Uh, Jesus, but yeah, because we got Petrie at four. He's our second highest paid defenseman. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, a restricted, modified. No, wait, what is that? Holy shit! This guy's got everything. No trade, no movement. Oh my god. Um, yeah. Savard is someone that's just there. I, I will say this. What do we think of people who moved out? So we have Mike Hoffman gone. Uh, we also have Rem Pitlick gone. Rem Pitlick, I, I think, is a... To tell you the truth, yeah. So maybe I'll talk... Out. Alex, I, I might put this towards you in terms of Rem Pitlick. How, like, has your opinion changed on him from his first season with us compared to last season? And do you think, you know, are you sad of his departure? Or what's your opinion? Well, I mean, you know, I, I like the guy, you know, he seemed like a really cool guy, you know, uh, I think he loved recycling or something. Uh, so, so, <laughs> he was a nice guy, you know, but you know, I think <laughs> in the first year, I think he got more opportunities, you know, to, to show himself than last year. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You know, yeah. I think he, you know, I like the guy, but in the end of the day, you know, he was a waiver claim and we got something back for him, which that's true. Which you know, I think his contract. I mean, he didn't have a bad contract either, but you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll always, mm-hmm. I'll always remember he's the one who passed the puck to Cole Caulfield in Philadelphia for that OT goal. Yeah, that was a pretty uh, impressive goal. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. I mean, he was good during the first year. I think he got, like I said, I think he got more opportunities than last year um even though we had 
crazy amount of injuries, but I think it, it wasn't clicking like the first year. I think he's a he's a good player. You know, he's probably more of a bottom six guy than a top six. Uh, but in the end, you know, there's way too, way too many forwards in Montreal. And honestly, I would have liked if they moved Armia, but, you know, uh, I think Pitlick uh, not being there doesn't really much change anything. You know, he wasn't going to be on a top six anyways. And, I mean, good luck to him in Pittsburgh. I think it's a great opportunity for him to bounce back again. Jeez, mm-hmm. Armia has had 14 points in this past three years. Well, not like in total, you would have probably think so, but 14-14. He scored, scored pretty good for Montreal when he first got here. But uh, I want to touch on, on a defenseman that... Um, doesn't really speak to me. I know it's a French expression when we say speak to me, but it, one player that I, I, I just can't figure out yet, uh, a lot of people seem to like him, is Jordan Harris. Um, I don't know what's there. I don't know what you guys see in him. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying he's a good player. He's just one of those guys that for some reason everyone just loves and he's a prospect that everyone wants to keep for long term. Uh, any, any thoughts on uh, Jordan Harris? Well, yeah, I'm I'm one of the people that, that really likes him. I think he's pretty much he's pretty underrated on the Habs roster. I mean, he's, yeah. he's just the type of defenseman that you know does the great pass, great first pass, does the right play. Uh, you know, for a rookie to do those kind of stuff, you know, it's it's pretty rare because you know defensemen usually take a little bit longer, you know, to get acclimated to the NHL. You know, that first pass is pretty important. Uh, he's just a guy, you know, that's not going to put you in trouble. He's going to do the right play. He's going to do the right pass. He's, uh, I just like him, you know. I think uh, you need those type of defensemen on your team. And I think he can really help, you know, a much more offensive guy because, you know, he's not going to – he's going to jump on offense when it's the right time. You know, he's not, like, the best defenseman either, but he just does the right play every time. And I think for – uh, a kid that's 23 years old to be that mature uh, speaks volumes, you know. Colin? Yeah, I like them too. Uh, I think he's a pretty smooth skater. And uh, just as Alex said, like, very good at making the first pass out of the zone. I think uh, on the topic of def- defense, we're probably going to have to hopefully sell high on one of our defensemen in the future. Uh, like, we probably all assu- we're all assuming right now that Lane Hudson's going to come into the team next year, and uh, I, there's just a massive logjam. It looks at defense as well as forwards right now. Like, and I think we should try, maybe try to sell high on someone while we can uh, before teams see that we kind of have to trade them to make our team work, and then uh, they, their value kind of diminishes a little bit because, uh, especially right now, these rookies they're all looking pretty promising. I don't know how the other teams view them, obviously, but. Mm-hmm. If they look all if like if they all look like they end up being a solid NHL def- defenseman, then you're probably gonna you can probably get back a decent return for them and maybe just try to keep flipping over assets uh, while you have uh, so many of them uh, and kind of just roll in and find out who your s- solid team like your solid players are gonna be on the team for a long time uh, while we try to maybe draft another top prospect or something uh, for the forward group. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I mean, yeah, March. I, I mean, I think you've talked about uh, speaking of selling high. I mean, I, I'll let you, you know, kind of talk about what you thought of Matheson as well. 
March. Um, you know, I think, no, sorry, I was just looking at something right now. Just with Jordan Harris, I think, um, I don't know about Matheson. Jordan Harris really uh, had a lot of, he, he he does well in terms of block shots um, for the amount of games he played and the amount of ice time he had. He had a decent amount of points too. Um, if, if to tell you the honest truth, and this, and, and I'm going to say this, not to, I'm not going to try and pick sides or anything. I'm going to say this straight up. If I had to pick between him or or Jack guy and going him, going Jordan Harris, um, and this is for like a third pairing role, but I think uh, you know we, we do have a bit of a logjam. Um, Matheson, I think I, I'm huge on this on selling on him. I think that's the kind of guy you had to sell on. This guy played fantastic last season. We don't know if that's going to be emulated this season um we hope so but i mean this is a type of the the issue that we're in right now is the cap doesn't go up so so no one ever has any money anymore i mean he's not that expensive at all and it's i mean how does anyone know how long his contract is for three more years yeah okay yeah three years okay so like like that's not bad and i just i just It'd be easier if it was more short term, but the thing is, like I've heard people say, we need to keep him. He's so good, and but I just he doesn't fit our timeline. Um, and you sell high, so sell high, get something back for this guy. But then you look at like trades are so weird. Like trades are everywhere because I guess it really depends on who values cap space, who has enough cap space, who values their picks between GMs. Because you look at someone like you know, like obviously the trade deadline move, like Tanner Janot. Um, you yeah. look at you look at certain trades like that. Then you look at the Eric Carlson trade, or the and then you look at like the Pierre Luc Dubois trade. It might be a little more fair. Um, you look at, I mean, the Eric Carlson trade. I mean, it's so funny because I was going all over Instagram and people were like, "Yeah, Montreal had a <laughs> Montreal won more than you know San Jose." Absolutely, <laughs> so, absolutely, they did. I mean, I, we don't want to spot it for our San Jose friends, uh, but yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think, yeah, so I don't know. So if, but one thing I will say, I'm very happy with how Hughes trades. Um, I'm happy with how he signs contracts. I mean, I think it was very smart for Montreal to do what they did and go kind of left field and hire someone who who has zero experience as a GM and, and, and but has experience as, as an agent. I mean, and well, look at our coach. It. Let's get into that uh, management and ownership for the deep dive. Okay, so... I'll, okay, we'll start with you, Danny. Um, in terms of ownership, I mean, what are your thoughts on on Jeff Molson? I mean, obviously, so you were there. I was there for the Bergevin era too, but I he was there already there for a year or so before I became a fan. Um, and obviously, he had a couple of replacements before that, and there's Bob Ganey. But what is your opinion on how he's kind of approached hiring and firing GMs? And and this change to Kent Hughes and because we've we've heard from other people that there's there's a difference and you and I both believe that there's a difference with this uh, management in terms of culture and stuff. But at the same time, there's some opinion out there that says there it's really the same as it was the past few years. So I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I absolutely think it's a, it's been 180 degrees and not only about the uh, the Gordon era. Um, so just to address Jeff Molson, look. Uh, am I a fan of the guy? Who am I to say, uh, you know, what kind of person he is? Uh, I have, I'm not even in the same three levels of social, you know, social levels as him. So, but what I would say about him is, 
I think these this kind of people or this kind of connections that they have and and the way they're positioned in the league, they have access to to things that we don't. Okay, they know things that we don't, and they're decision makers and things that we have no idea about. Um, to me, you know, I, I was watching hockey and I was following the Canadians uh, well before Jeff Molson was on it. It, it was uh, owned by George Gillette at the time, and that was the Koivu era. And maybe before that, I was uh, I was not following. Um, I would say that you know during the just because of Koivu um, and maybe the Kostatin brothers and stuff, you had a lot of European feel. You had a lot of um, you know banking on on. I don't know, maybe previous previous successes or giving false promises, uh, maybe being modern in a very, you know, awful way. I think I'm not sure really how to describe it. But the George Gillette era was not really very successful in my mind. He gave his 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 team to a president at the time. So at the time there was a president. I think his name was Pierre Boivin, um, and he was taking care of the, you know, he was basically the Shanahan at the time. Of the Canadians, um, they did some good things, um, which led to the Bob Gainies and, and the Camillaries and that whole era with Gianta and stuff. Um, I would say it's okay, but I think is the way that he handled getting rid of Bergevin. Obviously, it was maybe a little bit uh, a year uh, too far, I think. Um, and I also thought that he was, you know, led on a little bit by Bergevin with the false promises of a cup. If we just get all the all these serious, boring guys and leadership and beards and you know, slow and tough. And, you know, I think he was sold on that up up until a certain point. Um, but if I compare Jeff Molson to the rest of the league, uh, he's not so bad. Um, and I, last thing I want to say maybe about management is if anyone has the chance, and we talked about this before, match. if anyone has a chance to listen to the interview that the Vegas owner did, um, I think with 32 Thoughts, either with Jeff Merrick and, and uh, Elliot Freeman, uh, it tells you everything you need to know about an owner. What it what it what a, a real owner uh, looks like when it comes to that compared to these corporations and lawyers and and, and stuff. Um, you have no soul in your team when it's just owned by this entity, this, this type of entity. So that's the only thing I would say. Um, do I agree? Maybe not. You know, we have the Melnicks that was not very successful. We have the guy in in, in Edmonton. The Vegas owner is very known as well. Um, the Boston owner, I can't wait to talk about that uh, when we when we review the, uh, the the Bruins as well. So I hope I didn't take too much time, but I, that's kind of how I where I see the management of this team. Uh, Alex, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean Jeff Molson, you know, the with Bergeron, what he did, you know, it, it was. I mean, I think we kind of all knew it was happening. Maybe could have handled it a bit better, you know. I feel like his position in in the team is a bit weird because you know he's the owner and president, but like he always says, he doesn't touch hockey related stuff. I think as an owner, you know, he, I mean, I think he's great. You know, he's putting money in in everything, so you know, there's no problem there. But I mean, you know, the Habs are like the value, the third most highest team in the league, so you know, you kind of expect those stuff out of teams like that and with the history and everything. So, you know, I mean, he's not the worst owner either. I think his position, I always said, you know, there should be a, a president of hockey. You know, I think uh, Jeff Gordon now does it a bit, which leaves, you know, Molson just doing 
is, uh, you know, I don't know what he's doing, but uh, he's doing something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, I think uh, he could have handled, you know, maybe how he fired Bergevin better. Um, but I was also like Danny, you know, I followed them once it was Gillette, you know, and there's kind of the difference over there uh, with how everything works. But uh, yeah, no, I think management uh, is, I don't think it's the same as when it was with Bergevin, but, you know, as of right now, they're fairly new. So you got to wait and see what happens. I think. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Like, I'm just kind of looking at here in terms of the the Gazette had an interview with with Molson, and you know they're asking him certain things. And in terms of like the new head coach, so they said on hiring a new head coach with no experience, um, <laughs> he says it wasn't part of the plan. Um, and this is I'll going back to what Danny said. It's it's something you don't really see with Toronto. You don't really see. I mean, obviously you have your presidents, but and I think that's what. That was Molson's issue or mistake with Bergevin, giving him too much power. I mean, look at what they got there in Pittsburgh now. I mean, Dubis uh, might as well be the owner. Um, but <laughs> uh, with Molson, I think he he's got a, a. I think what's what's lucky for us is he's a fan of the team. I mean, obviously he's got money behind it, but at the same time, I mean, there's not going to be a time where where it doesn't matter how bad Montreal is, they're still going to, I think, make money. But um, in terms of hiring a coach, no, you know, like hiring Marty, says it wasn't part of the plan. Um, he said, but things got so uh, they said that um, uh, first uh, Jeff Gorton said that uh, the coach wasn't going to change and then they had to do something. So they fired Ducharme um, and this and Marty was supposed to be like a, a what do you call it? A, like a scout or something. So. Mm-hmm. Or like some sort of spy, like, yeah, like yeah, figure out what the hell's going on, and then they they decided to hire him. So maybe it wasn't necessarily like, hey, let's get someone new, but like let's just put let's just put someone in here, and then it ended up being because uh, maybe maybe there was a point where they asked him, hey, listen, do you really want to do this? Like, is this something you want to do? I mean, that's something I would probably ask for if I was Marty. I'd say, listen, like I have to kind of figure this out if I want to do it full time. And if we had hired someone else, maybe they said, listen, I'm. I'm not going to be the head coach. I don't want to be the head coach because I'm not ready for that. And then, you know, we would have had to hire like Bruce Brujo or something. But, uh, <laughs> well, the can't use is obviously a different story because he had, uh, we'd interviewed him for the job and we'd interviewed a few people. And there's obviously been recent pe- uh, pe- uh, recent fans talking about how uh, we should have went with, uh, what's his name in Philadelphia? Briere. Uh, Briere. Yeah, Danny Briere, obviously with yeah. the Lichkov pick. Um, you know what? I'm happy with this. I, I like that they're talking about they're 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 definitely a little more transparent. Um it, it, it's a definitely a different era, but I but just like myself and people and I'm almost defending myself here, people call me uh or or some people have said to me, uh, I'm a what do you call it? Uh, uh Kent Hughes or Jeff Gorton uh bootlicker. Mm-hmm. Um and I, and the thing is this, and this is to anyone listening who's a house fan or anyone here that's a house fan, anyone. I'm not going to judge the this management based on two years, positive or negative. I mean, I just mentioned how like they have like this whole thing about culture and stuff. I'm not going to judge them on creating culture yet either. 
because that takes time. Rebuilds take time. He didn't sign anyone in free agency. We've we've made this move. We dumped some contracts. We, we took something back, but we got a pick. A lot of people were upset we didn't have a second last year. So we have a second this time around. The thing about it is, like, how how can you judge how bad or how good something is just because it didn't go your way? Like, that's the thing. It's a bit immature to think that. Uh, to to say hey they didn't do what I wanted so you know this is a bunch of shit no like because like Danny said there's so much things we don't know um, there's so many things we don't have access to so much information we don't know and we would just assume that uh, you know and obviously this is this is saying that it could have gone this way or couldn't or maybe didn't go this way but we're assuming that you know they had a Mishkov had an interview and was like, I love Montreal. I'm going to score 50 goals a season. Okay. <laughs> I doubt that happened, but I'm just saying that there's a possibility that, uh, you know, maybe we're wrong and that's, and the possibility is pretty high. So I'm uh, okay with the process. Uh, I think that they're still going for an accelerated rebuild because maybe Molson might be saying to himself, I mean, I think, I think fans will still show up. I mean, what was the attendance last year? They were still really good. And Montreal was fifth worst in the league. So, you know, I think you give them the time to rebuild properly and then you become a, a contending team. Don't accelerate it just to make the playoffs. I hate that mentality. Like you'll see uh, owners around the league say, Hey, we're, we're going to, we're going to like, look at the look, look at Ottawa. Didn't the guy say we're playing meaningful hockey in like uh, in, in April. What are you talking about, man? Okay. Sorry to any senators fans, but like, <laughs> like you gotta, sure. You got some team there, but at the same time, you gotta like kind of be, you got to reason expectations and just say, listen, this takes a little bit more time. Sure, they've been rebuilding for some time, but they made the Eastern Conference Finals 2017. It's been six years and they got a solid team. Just give it, another, give it some more time. They got Tarasenko, stuff like that, but still. But there's some t- teams in the league that don't want to lose on no money. I mean, and, and, and maybe this is for another episode, but this is also the reason why Batman gives these expansion teams um, good teams and people say well why are they giving them good teams well first of all they pay 500 to 700 million dollars so why that i mean san jose had one of the worst records in nhl history when they first came in the league they had like 50 no 67 losses or something (laughs) who the hell wants to go to see that team hey i'm gonna go check the sharks they haven't won in two months but hey i'm gonna go watch (laughs) them exactly yeah so you had these expansion teams look at what look at vegas I, i i speaking of spitting no, sorry, this was 32 Thoughts. They had the Vegas owner on, and they were talking about how much Vegas has grown. S- professional sports have come there because of the Knights. Uh, they're building – they have a plan to build, like, three or four community rinks around the, the neighborhoods in the area. So that grows the game. Why? Because this team is good. Now, sure, it kind of – you know, we can complain and stuff, but at the same time, it's good for hockey. I agree. Is, it good, is it good to have a shitty team with, like, that, you know – that makes no money and no fans. No. So I can see why teams don't want to be in that state. But at the same time, Montreal is in a good situation because people show up no matter what. Sure. There's, I think, what was it? What year was it guys that, uh, uh, God, no one was showing up. What was it? 2015, 16, like the year after Kerry had that fantastic season or was it 2018? Maybe it was like, I think it was 2017, 18 when Kerry was horrible. And, we had that was the first. Colin? Colin, do you remember that? 
in tw- when Carey was horrible? Yeah, it was the year after he was a Vesna finalist in 2016-17. We lost to the Rangers. He came out with these really cool-looking pads, but then couldn't save a beach ball. Oh, and I remember- it was going solid red and solid blue. Yeah, and I remember when... I uh, no, that was the year after. That was 2018-19. 2017-18, he had really cool gear, but... Yeah, he was horrible. Like this is the game that Ovechkin, like the first, I think it was the first five games that we played with Washington, and he got scored in. Like Ovechkin had four goals, but that year, I think that was the first year I saw Bell Center quite empty. Like it was like it was pretty bad. And then, but like in 2018-19, Montreal came out and we had the fun season. We barely missed the playoffs. We had like 90 something points, and the t- the team was doing well again. And it's obviously COVID hit, so I haven't really been able to judge how we are in a in a. But but I think they showed up a lot last year. Montreal sold out a lot of games or a few games. And we were not good. So I don't know. I think it's I think it's definitely different than being bad in the Kent Hughes era versus being bad in the Bergeron era. Now I'm gonna shut up and we can <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Alex. Uh yeah, you know. I think it's what you guys said. Um, I mean the 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 past hour of what I've been saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah it it's it's good. I can't go lost there. Uh, I'm not gonna I mean, I can that. I can kind of change <laughs> topics here a little bit as well. I can uh, kind of change gears here. I think the next thing I want to talk about, and I I really want to hear from both of you guys, uh, being in you know close to Montreal, definitely closer than me and and March. Um, rivalries. Uh, I'd like to know what our you know, there's suddenly so many options. You know, we never thought about Ottawa up until two year, two three years ago. Um, <laughs> we never talked about you know Boston not being what it was before with the Canadian uh, with the COVID season and and whatnot. Uh, but now suddenly, like, there's a lot of storylines around the league. Um, so I'm curious if you know rivalries. It's very subjective, but I really want to know in your mind if you had to name one rivalry of the, of the Montreal Canadiens, who would that be in your opinion? Uh, I'll let you go ahead uh, first, uh, Colin. Yeah, Ottawa just kind of popped in the last, like, two or three years for some reason. Like, no one cared about them. I mean, like, even when we played them in the playoffs, like, there was a little bit. But, like, I feel like the, a lot of the playoff buildup uh, was the Eller hit. And uh, that was kind of it. Oh, uh, the Subban slash on Stone, too. Like, that's a pretty pretty recent ri- like rivalry, rivalry with some pretty good men. Uh, memories uh, attached to it, along with Jack I last year, just basically taking out the entire roster in one game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they took out a rookie, and then the preseason took out to Chuck in front of the net or something, and then took out Stutzley. He was just going to take out the entire team so Montreal could go a little higher in the standings. But, and then, like, so probably, like, Ottawa's, like, I think the Ottawa game should be the most entertaining to watch. Uh, if you had to go against an Ontario team, because those are kind of the, the close local rivalries. Uh, I mean, Toronto's uh, is just, Toronto's been kind of boring. I watched a YouTube video the other day uh, by some guy that does a bunch of Montreal videos. He was talking about how he thinks the Toronto-Montreal rivalry is going to actually heat up again next year just because uh, who Toronto signed with Domi and then uh, Bertuzzi and Reeves. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about how he thinks it's going to heat up again because you have all these guys that are kind of understand what it is or may uh well like Reeves is going to bring the same intensity no matter what but Domi kind of grew up around it uh back when it was intense uh so hopefully the Montreal and Toronto games get a more chippy I, I'd say like uh they kind of I feel like uh 
when they start the games in the first period, they all just kind of skate around for the first period and kind of stare <laughs> at each other, right? And then, like, mm-hmm. someone scores a goal, and then it's like, okay, well, now we can finally open the game up. But until someone scores in those games, it seems like it's, like, this slow, boring hockey. But it, when they're playing against Ottawa, like, the bodies are flying. These, like, it's, it's basically, like, an OHL game on steroids because it's just a bunch of kids going at it. Like, that's probably yeah. why it's so entertaining. It's just, like, a bunch of kids that are a little bit older than OHL, and now they're and they know they know in those games that's the time that they can maybe show something off and make somebody that's a little bit closer to their age uh, kind of look stupid. Like I understand like age shouldn't matter, but I'm sure it actually does play a little bit of a factor when you're playing against a team, right? Closer to age, more personal. I agree. I agree, hundred percent. I'm not gonna get offended if Petrie says something in a scrum. I just laugh at him. Tell his wife to go to Costco <laughs> or something. <laughs> go to Costco. No, I love that. Alex. Uh, Alex. Yeah, you know, I think with the COVID divisions that we had, you know, I think uh, the hate around Canadian teams just grew more, you know, and like Colin said, you know, last year with all the preseason games we played against Ottawa, you know, and Jack Eye, uh, the little fights he has with everyone over there, I think Ottawa grew. Um, um, but yeah, Toronto, you know, there's always Toronto and Boston that are going to be big rivalries. Uh, it, it kind of settled down in the last couple of years, you know, like I said, COVID divisions. Uh, but yeah, you know, Toronto with Domi, I think it's going to bring this spark back up. You know, they're going to have Reeves. Uh, we're going to have Jack Eye uh, and Pizzetta or whatever, if he's in the pool or something. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, I think Ottawa really grew since uh, the, the Eller hit and with all these young kids, like, just like Colin said, you know, uh, I think Ottawa is getting up there. Uh, I, I hate their fans on Twitter too. I think they're annoying and obnoxious. But <laughs> hey, it's it's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, I think Ottawa's up there right now. Uh, but you can never take out you know Toronto and Boston. Those are like the two biggest rivalries. But uh, Ottawa's getting up there right now. How about you, March? You know what? I was gonna actually. Uh... This is something unconventional here. I will say that uh, the the Canadian rivalries have kind of been ruined for me. Not really. I mean, it was really. Mm. It, I I will say they've been ruined because of the North Division, because playing Toronto like twenty times, like it just got so boring. And playing Ottawa a hundred times and playing the Canucks and the Canucks were always fun because you know like Horvat would score four and Toffoli would score four and it was it was very fun, but. For the most part, I've kind of lost the passion for Toronto. I could care less about Ottawa. Uh, sorry, Colin, but I mean, I mean it's okay. But I, I guess the only one that's really pissing me off front nowadays is Tim Stutzla. Um, I have to go with. Uh, okay, I'm not gonna say this as like legit. Like I'm on ice hockey, you know, we hate him. But I'll say that I think Carolina has come into the picture a bit. It's um, a good take. For 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 various reasons, yeah. Um, obviously, ever since uh, that that one day that happened all those years ago, uh, where they you know cocky in the Emmy, but you know there's been the Aho thing. There's been some players on. I, I don't know, like it. I've I've I felt a little bit of heat with that team. There's one team we do play, and I never I don't know who it is. 
I, 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 with this whole time you guys have been talking, I've been trying to think about it. But like every time we play them, it's just so heavy hitting. Everyone's like going at each other. There was one game last season where there was like it was you, you couldn't get through the game. Like, and I'm just trying to think. I forgot who it was, but it was very un. Like you didn't think it would be that that bad between the two teams. But I I, mean, know. I know exactly which one. Who was it? The Wild. The Wild. I think it was the Wild. The wild, oh. like the shenanigans, it, it didn't end. You remember the that? I think, I think Paling got a concussion, or was it someone else? But I, I think, I think it was, uh, it was the wild. I think it, I think it might be. To tell you the honest yeah. truth, I think that's a good yeah. one. There are some teams out there, like the, like the, the Caps, and I mean, it's it's so easy for me to say the Bruins, but but that's died out. Tampa's I, there for sure. No, Tampa, yeah, Tampa's there for sure. Florida's there um, for sure. I think a little bit, not too much, but you know. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, we beat them like ten to two, right? So no one cares about them. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it it sucks. It, uh, rivalries really do die out when your team sucks. I mean, for for the sport of hockey and the sport and the and for the for the love of rivalries, uh, you want both teams to succeed. Like, say Montreal was at the top of the league and Bruins were at the bottom. I would hate it because I'd like the Bruins to be good. So at least we had maybe even a playoff series. Like, that's what I want because it's so fun. And one thing I'll say about Ottawa and Toronto is it's very funny. If you go on Twitter um, and you attack an Ottawa Senators fan as a House fan, you'll get, you'll get a Leafs fan joining you. And if you're attacking a Leafs <laughs> fan, you'll get a Senators fan joining you. And then if obviously if you're a House fan, you'll get both of them against you. So it was really funny. Uh, it's like a big circle. We all hate each other. Um, <laughs> but but it, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I don't look forward to Toronto games in a way because it's fun online and 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 Josh Anderson every time he scores it's really funny and um, I think it's more of a rivalry on on social media than it is in person um, yeah. and in the game. There's, but there's probably something there, uh, especially since we there was something there since we kicked them out of the uh, the playoffs. Um, but it's very interesting because like Vegas and Winnipeg, the two teams we eliminated, you don't really see a whole lot there. Um, mind you, Vegas isn't sour and the Jets are the Jets. So, um, yeah, but I don't know. I would say I would say unconventional, probably someone like Minnesota or Carolina. I think there's a little bit of spice there. Um, it's easy to say Toronto or Boston, but I just don't feel it as much anymore. Toronto, they don't even try when they come to the Bell Center. Like it's they take a day off. Like it's I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they go up two goals and they blow the lead. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just Montreal like <laughs> trying to come back and it's just like usually like every time I watch a game it's like two two nothing and ten minutes in it's just like fuck whatever. I don't okay, feel any well, fear when Toronto goes up anymore though. <laughs> like well, especially up, now like with the yeah I well when I went in January they were up two nothing and I was like ah. Uh, well, it's the game's not over yet. We'll be fine. And I sure enough, they came back to. and won it overtime. So interesting, yeah. interesting that Toronto does that. Can't <laughs> wait for us to have someone from the from the Leafs fan base on on this call, um, just to talk about that a little bit, and and maybe that would be a perfect moment for me to give him a warning on, uh, give him or her a warning on on tree living and what uh, what to expect from him. So. I was gonna right. say we should um we should just instead of getting individual guests we should just yeah. invite the previous one all the previous ones plus them so we'll have like like our episode thirty is gonna have like thirty people 
<laughs> duration uh, four hours and a half <laughs> all right um okay so in the grand scheme of things guys where do we see the habs next year where do we uh, see that i want to hear from maybe from alex where do you see the habs next year in terms of posi- yeah positioning like where we're in the standings out but of even like even even for individuals like if you want to give some uh you remember march when we did that uh predicting in the in beginning of the season uh, for the goals and like uh, trophies and stuff. Like we should yeah. do that again uh, at some point. I, th- I think we should do that before the season. Yeah. Go ahead, Alex. So, yeah, like I, I was pretty vocal on Twitter. I think the heads are finishing dead last in the Atlantic. I don't think they're like bottom team. Like I don't think, you know, I still think uh, Philadelphia is worse. Um, uh Philadelphia, uh, you know, Columbus got better, but I think they're like pretty much going to end where it ended last year. You know, like what we finished fifth last. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's still up in play. Uh, I think the Atlantic got too, it's too good to compete. They could still, you know, make us, uh, they could still do it. I think they could do maybe uh, seven or six. But uh, realistically, I think they finish dead last and we get probably like another top five pick. Um, as for my for my guy, Cole Caulfield, I think he goes to 47 goals. Oh, uh, 47. Huh? That's not people bad. are telling me 50. Uh, I think he'll get there some at some point. But, you know, I think realistically, he's going to get 47. Uh, if he gets more, you know, I'll be uh, everywhere on Twitter screaming. But uh, I think 47 is pretty uh, honest. He was on pace for 46. Uh, I think he'll get like 72 points. Um, so, so Alex, let me ask you this. I mean, it's kind of sitting the obvious here, but I'll still ask it just for the heck of it. Why do you like Cole Caulfield? What's the obsession there? I love, I absolutely love your pin tweet, by the way. It is so <laughs> iconic. Um, but uh, why do you like Caulfield? Like uh, anything that we don't know about, or anything like that? Or no, I mean I just like the kid. You know, uh, I I I followed him. You know, at the World Junior uh, under 18, I think where he broke Ovi's record. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love how we play. You know, he's a small guy. He's not scared to go in the corners. Uh, he has one terrific shot. Uh, and even before the draft, you know, I was talking with my buddies at work, and I was like, you know, this guy Cole Caulfield, if we just get him at 15, you know, I think he'd be the perfect fit because, you know, Montreal never had like a true goal scorer. You know, we had yeah. to ready, but um, that's something Doesn't even come close. Yeah. Exactly, and I, I, I think I was just like, if we could get this guy, I think he fits right in, and, you know, and just how he plays, you know, he, he's got that swagger. Uh, he's always laughing. He seems to be like a great kid. Uh, I just love that. Uh, and his friendship and with, with Suzuki is priceless as well. Exactly. But Marsh is not going to like me because I said in my mock uh, lineup that I, he should play with Doc. But uh, I think Marsh is not going to like that. But <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I think. Yeah, uh, fuck, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah, I think both of them are great together. But I, I would like to explore with Doc. I think he could be great too with him. Uh, it just gives Suzuki more, like he could mentor a guy like uh, Slash. Suzuki March. Probably uh, new hook. 
March, uh, Suzuki can really thrive with someone like Armia, I think. I don't know. What do you uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Caulfield is definitely a special player. Um, I think he really has that uh, uh, make it snappy zone ability, I think. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. X Factor. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, for somebody who, who's listening to this and has never played in HL, like he's probably thinking like this, these people are okay. All right. Um, <laughs> what about you? Uh, what about you, Colin? Uh, predictions for next year? Yeah, I agree with Alex. I think they're gonna finish probably around fifth, tenth last range. Uh, I, I, yeah, I see them probably. Hopefully not jumping up too much in the standings. I don't know if they. I don't think they finish below fifth last. Uh, Assuming we're probably not going to end up with the same amount of injuries and same amount of issues, uh, we'll probably gain a couple more points back, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it and how the uh, end draft uh, lottery machine goes. Because, like, I guess, like, maybe we win a game at the end of the year, you finished seventh last, and then seventh last moves up to first last. You never know, right? So, uh, yeah, I don't see us finishing... In a playoff spot, obviously. I hope we don't finish, like, 15th or 16th last. That's kind of, like, yeah. not a nightmare scenario, but I guess that is nightmare scenario. Like, you're in no man's land there, uh, especially when you were, were just still in a rebuild. So, hopefully, we can finish somewhere within, uh, I don't know, like, a pretty good chance at winning the lottery. Or, if not, moving up to... Because you can move up top two, right? So, hopefully, just a good chance to get a top two pick uh so probably just anywhere and then we'll pick five to ten yeah then we'll take a, a defense most likely yeah yeah a goalie <laughs> fifth overall <laughs> and we'll get david reinbacher to say it so we can or shea weber can no shea weber did it successfully uh, chris weidman chris weidman <laughs> announcement it's because they gave shea weber cole caulfield which is a very easy name to say oh he said it and wrong anyways did he, oh yeah he did <laughs> cole, cole caulfield Cough. Yeah, Cole Caulfield. <clears throat> Jeez. That's I, better than David. David? <laughs> <laughs> well, we planned it that way. Okay. Uh, March, Reinbacher. predictions? Five to seven. I'm looking at the, the standings from last season. Anaheim's going to be worse. Columbus is going to be worse. You think Columbus Chicago is going to be worse. San Jose is going to be worse. Um, San Jose might it's have a really big. good chance. Okay, why Columbus? Do you think is gonna be better? I think they're gonna be better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. They I mean, had they just as well many injuries as we did last year, and now they're gonna be healthy and like us. But I just. That's, but here's the thing. Like, like, okay, sure. Been, but if Montreal is healthy, you have Suzuki and Caulfield. I'm not gonna say uh, Caulfield and Doc, buddy, but Suzuki and Caulfield. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have those two together, I mean, look at what they were doing at the beginning of the season. Then they got split up. And, and and Suzuki had his 60 points playing with uh, uh, Dumb and Dumber. So um, I just I just think that like if Montreal's fully healthy, like if we're looking at fully healthy, I think they do better. And this is not me saying like I hope they do better. Like I would like fifth, but I'm just saying that you know. And and I see what you mean because Columbus. I mean, who knows? Merzlikens, these guys can all come back. Gujo played okay, but like, there's they got Fantilli. Like, I do think that they'll play well. Um, so yeah, what I was saying, what I was saying, it, I was thinking maybe Columbus won't be in there, but Anaheim, Chicago, San Jose, yeah. The 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 ifs here are someone like a team like 
team like St. Louis, a team like Arizona, Philadelphia, Washington was eighth uh, last season. Who knows where they'll be this season? Um, you know, Montreal, I, I do think fifth to seventh is is ideal based on a whole bunch of circumstances where maybe Columbus is better, but Montreal still injured. Arizona is not as good, you know, but, you know, Arizona was only two points behind. They got some guys, but still like, you know, then there's also teams that lost out on goaltenders that we are forgetting. Um, Philadelphia is here. Sure. Philadelphia, you know, who knows if Carter Hart's there. So who knows who their goalie would be. Um, some teams had horrible records uh, home and away. Like Columbus did horrible uh, on the road. Like a lot of their, like they would be like, you know, maybe 10th if they didn't have uh, that record on the road. Montreal was very consistent. Um, same with a lot of other teams, except Arizona. Arizona can't win on the road. They actually had a really, really good home record, but on the road, no. I have a random so question. I don't know. I have a random question for you, all of you. Is this myth a, a player that has a problem with injuries? Not Is sure. he injury prone? Or was that uh, was that only Jerry? Okay. That was my, uh, I think it was most mostly Jerry, but um, goalies always tend to. Get I, I was like off. kicking myself for not getting hurt, to be honest with you. He said hurt, and I got kind of kind of thinking. I don't know. We. I don't know. I would I would trade like I would send Petrie and 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 uh, and Allen, and heck even a like a, a second round pick or two second round picks for Carter Hart. I um take a chance. I'm going to say no. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to type Carter Hart and it keeps fucking autofilling to carry price. Okay, anyways, I can't I'm not searching <laughs> yeah. it up. But anyways, um no, I don't want to bank on a goalie that had a poor rushed development. Yeah. Um sure he's got the potential, but a lot of it's just talk. He hasn't really performed up to expectations and and it's goalie hell in Philly, but I don't think he's gonna turn out wherever he goes, unless he goes to a super team. But if he's coming to Montreal, uh that still has a fifth overall or fifth worst uh, record, I don't think it's gonna turn out. I think we didn't really touch on their prospects, but I think you know they're in good hands with uh Cam Fowler, I think. Uh Jacob Fowler. Jacob, Jacob, Jacob Fowler. Fowler. Yeah, yeah. Cam Fowler, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, Jacob Fowler. I think they're good sure. hands in terms of defense. <laughs> I think they're in good hands in terms of defense. Uh, I think they're good hands in terms of. I mean, they got guys like Joshua Waugh and Sean Farrell. I mean, who knows what they turn out to be? Yeah, you know, I, I was gonna say, and you're right, we didn't go over this, but uh, you know, on our first deep dive with the Vancouver Canucks, they were ranked, I believe, 28th in the league. Uh, by the athletic for prospect pool, Montreal's ranked 11th uh, best prospect pool. So, yeah. um, and I think a lot of that has to do with our prospects now coming into the NHL. So, yeah. uh, which is fine by me. I mean, if we get fifth overall, there's some good players coming up, but a lot of a lot of defensemen are coming up as well. So you're gonna have to figure out you're gonna have to land in the right spot next year to draft the, the the forward. And I think if Montreal wants to land in the right spot, I think you have to land fourth overall, just like this year. Fourth overall would have would have done you well. <laughs> Fifth overall screwed us. So, and yeah. it screwed us for a different, like not because like, you know, we got a bad player, because at fourth overall, we wouldn't have to make the choice. Fifth overall, we had to make every choice. So... Uh, I think next year is the same thing. The top five are a lot of forwards, and then it gets into a good defenseman. I think 
fifth, it starts to be you know pretty close. And I, obviously, obviously another defenseman. Yeah, it's like, geez, what are you gonna do here? Like, how many defensemen you need? But yeah. at the same time, we'll see. We'll see where they land up. I, if I had to make a prediction, like I said, fifth or seventh, so it's around the same uh, area. Danny, how about yourself? Where do you see them landing? You know, I know I'm the one who asked the question, but I don't really feel strongly about this. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit with uh, Colin here on this one. Uh, for me, as long as they don't end up drafting like a like 18th overall and we mainly we mainly barely made the playoffs and and Monahan had 34 goals but we didn't end up trading him like that that kind of season I'm not on end for it so either they they go really really bad and or they they perform respectively and I don't know make some improvements like like look if Doc ends up scoring 30 and and Suzuki and and like uh, like Alex said for Caulfield 47 and I don't know what. Like, okay, then I'm going to say, okay, you know what? We advanced here a little bit. We were on the right path. Okay, we're drafting 18th overall, but it's not a big deal. But if they finish, you know, uh, like I said, like, you know, in those mid-ranges, we didn't capitalize on P3, we didn't capitalize on Monaghan, Armia, these players, Allen. If we didn't capitalize on any of these trades, Gallagher is still there for five years, then I'm going to say, well, this this is not great, you know? So I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. I think that's where Montreal's at. Um, you know, we got a good player in Gouliet, well, from being that team at 15th overall. We got Suzuki or Caulfield at 15th overall. So you, you can hit, but it, it, that was really... I mean, Gouliet wasn't really lucky. A lot of people didn't like him at first, but I'm not going to say Gouliet's the number one defenseman. Like, Gouliet's solid, and I think he's, you know, one of our better young players. But... um you know, you don't want to be in that range all the time, barely missing the playoffs, barely being bad. You're just mediocre, and that's what we're trying to get out of. Either you're really shit, which is what Montreal is now, or you're good, and you're contending for – you can win a series, and you can, you know, push for the cup. But, Fantastic. yeah, anyways. Anything, last thoughts, uh, gents? Uh, I mean, we, we kind of – we like to also talk about jerseys when it comes to these things. Um, you know, there'll be deep dives where we're not going to be too passionate about the jerseys. In terms of Montreal, I think it's a classic in my mind. Even if even if you ask a Leafs fan, I think they, they can go around uh, an original six team. So um, jerseys, where do you guys rank them uh, in the league? Um, Alex, want to go first? Sure. Uh, well, you know, I really like the home one, the red one. I think it looks perfect. Uh, it's got to be one of the best. Uh, I really like Chicago. I think, you know, uh, whatever happened with the team is all shit. But, I, I, I mean, their home jersey is pretty cool, too. It's pretty neat. Uh, I know some people don't like the Kachina or whatever how they, they call it in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it looks cool. But um, the Habs jersey is just so iconic. You know, there's so much history with that jersey. I hate that they put in that RBC patch. You know, everyone was freaking out when they started. It all stopped, yeah. but I'm going to say it again. It's, it's bullshit. I think Molson, you know, he didn't need the money. I know it makes more money for the league and everything, but it's bullshit. He should have just kept the jersey as it was. It was perfect. But even then, I think it's one of the best jerseys. Um, the white one, uh, I mean, it's all right. I, I wish they would use more, you know, of those uh, jerseys they use in the past, you know. There's so much history, so much jerseys they could do, and they're just, you know, mainly doing 
just basic minimum, you know, even with the reverse retro, they didn't change like the the pants, uh, the the gloves, you know, they could do so much and they just do like the most basic stuff. But I mean, yeah, they're still iconic. So I was going to maybe something else we can do with this is uh, what jerseys do you have? Uh, well, I have uh, I have a, the first reverse retro for uh, a care prize jersey. The blue, uh, the dark blue one. Yeah, the blue blue one, not the powdery blue one. Yeah. I got a Caulfield red home jersey. I got a Caulfield white. Uh, I got like uh, the um, uh, what is it? Uh, the you know when they play on the January first. Bunch of classics. Exactly, I had it in French. Uh, I kind of messed up in my head. I had this what is it one in against uh, uh, La Classique Hivernale. Mm, yes. But I was just messed up in my head, so <laughs> I have the the one against um, Boston. Yep. And uh, I have another one. I think it was Calgary, or yeah, I think it was Calgary. Um, and you know, I got a couple basic ones uh, with no names. Uh, I got two or three, and uh, my first ever jersey with a name was uh, uh, Cut Kenny Emmy. I just switched to New Hook. Switched to New Hook. Yeah, but gonna... I mean, I can't, I can't change it because it's not stitch. It's power heat, uh, pro heat, I think they call it. Yeah. So apparently, you can't change those. Maybe what I could do, but you know, Katanyemi has a really long name, so I would have to get a big nameplate. But I don't know. I'll see what I can do with that. But yeah, that was my first jersey with a name. And it's Sadly. a real jersey, or is it like a, a replica? No, it's a real jersey. My brother oh my was God. working for uh, Lid. Franchise player Katanyemi. Uh, yeah, at least I got it during his rookie year, so. I was able to use it for like two, three years, but yeah, now it's been sitting in my closet. Probably gonna sit there for a while. <laughs> Colin, until he retires, then you can break it out again. <laughs> Remember, we're still on our team for a couple of years. Yeah, uh, in terms of NHL jerseys, I agree with Alex. Montreal has to be top. Just so much history. But I also, I really like Calgary's uh, New Jersey's. I guess I'm gonna call them with the mm-hmm. white. Uh, center not the be- not the black in the middle of their home jerseys i like i i really like the red and yellow the red yellow and white color palette uh same for the chiefs like uh the chiefs uh kansas city chiefs in the nfl like it's just a color palette i think i like uh certain teams color palettes and it's kind of what draws me to them like seattle's i like the way seattle's jerseys and the colors that they use they have some pretty good colors to use for their team uh, their home jersey. Actually, I think I like their away jersey more than their home jersey. I like I like the base Ooh. white for Seattle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Buffalo. I like the Buffalo's home jerseys. They have some pretty underrated home jerseys. I think. Uh, with uh, their circle crest with the Buffalo and the two sabers, not even the including the goat head ones. Actually, I don't really like the goat head ones that much, but I know a lot of people do. So. They're not bad, yeah. but I, I just, when I was a kid, I didn't really look at it as a goat head. I didn't really know what I was looking at, to be honest with you. Couldn't make it out in <laughs> my little kid brain. I couldn't make out what the symbol was. So I was I was always looking at it the wrong way. I d- couldn't even understand what it was. So that probably just stems a little bit to it. And San Jose, they redid their jerseys too recently, actually. 
and they're not that bad anymore either but i think they'll just take some getting used to uh but they kind of went lighter with their colors and i think they took out maybe like the orange and it kind of made the logo look a lot and the jerseys look a lot cleaner with the new teal and white they have kind of like a more teal and white less black based uniforms uh i don't know if you guys saw them but they were wearing them last year but obviously i don't see them too much i'm on the east east coast so i don't see the western jerseys too much even though i literally named three western teams as my favorite jerseys so (laughs) (laughs) i guess they're they're just the ones i like uh and in terms of jerseys that i have i had a my first jersey ever was a red jersey with my last name on it i got it when i was like 10 or something and then i got a gallagher winter classic jersey very happy he played in that because he was injured before it and i was worried he wasn't going to play it and i was like oh i got a jersey oh yeah didn't even play in the game uh and then i have a price away jersey a suzuki reverse retro dark blue jersey and a caulfield powder blue jersey so got a bunch of different players that's nice like to have some pretty good names on the back of them right now in terms of players that have played on the team they're all still there so maybe i should buy a jersey of one of the current players on the team so they don't get traded or something okay what about you march um, I ranked there's um, I think I ranked there second. I have Seattle's. Oh shit! Hold on, <laughs> hold on. I think I had Seattle. Seattle was definitely at the, when it first came out. I was in love with it. Since then, I well, I, I still love it, but it's not as you know good to me for I don't know what reason, but just I don't know lost the touch. Uh, maybe because I saw it on the ice and it didn't look as good. Um. But it's still top three. I, I, I'm not going to put this in any order, but I'll say Canucks home uh, with the 50 patch. That was a beautiful jersey when they got rid of the and, and that was the 50th anniversary. Then uh, I really like the Habs away jersey um, because of how big and, and contrast the C is. Um, I think I think the Habs logo looks beautiful on a white background. Um, with the with the with the home jersey, the only thing I don't like about it is I I don't know why. Maybe it's true. Is the C? I mean, I have a jersey here I could compare, but I feel I feel like on the ice the C just looks smaller on the jersey than it is on the away, and that, that obviously has to do probably the the background. So like you know it's already sitting on a on a what do you call it? it's um. A red and blue, yeah, red and blue background. So it may, might look smaller, but at the same time, like on the white jersey, I just feel like it's so big and it's like it's centered and it's like that's what you look at and it's so beautiful. And I like the simplicity of the white. I own one, um, I own, I only own two jerseys, uh, Habs jerseys. I own uh, the first jersey I ever had was the same one Alex has, which is the um, 2015, mm-hmm. sorry, 2016 uh, Winter Classic. Um, that is such a gorgeous jersey. I think that's probably the best Habs jersey ever. Um, so beautiful. Um, I, I don't have a name on it because I didn't have the money at the time. And um, I own a uh, Suzuki red, but with an A on it. And mm-hmm. I know what uh, Alex is talking about in terms of it not being stitched. It's pressed on because I'm trying to get a C on it. But the guy said, we can take it off and put the C. But the problem is the the press leaves a I- imprint on the on the on the jersey so you'll see a bit of an imprint and i said listen i don't give a shit so and he said it's pretty cheap to take it off so you can take it off alex but the only thing is like because his name is so long so kakinami versus new hook you might have like the k and the i at the end still like imprinted on the jersey in a way um 
but I'm okay with the A. I, I that's the jersey I wear the most. I love it. Uh, the one thing I'll say about away jerseys is, is just be cautious if you live a, a dirty lifestyle. I mean, not to say dirty <laughs> yeah. lifestyle, but if you're eating ribs every day, you know, don't wear it. Uh, <laughs> I remember I took my, I was wearing it outside, and I, and this is the same thing with my home jersey. I was talking last episode. Uh, I went to Costco, had Costco pizza and a fucking oil all over my jersey. So, um, yeah, you got to be very careful, uh, especially a white jersey. So. Uh, yeah, those are the ones I have. Danny, what do you own, and what, where do you rank the Habs jerseys? Habs one is, uh, like I said, it's a it's a classic one. It's uh, top tier. Um, I, I don't, I can't really put a number on it. Um, you know, Colin spent some time talking about the Western teams. I think one team that has no sense of direction whatsoever is Anaheim. Anaheim and and maybe LA with those uh, aluminum uh, I, I agree. Hel- helmet crap. You know, like I I agree. Yeah, so that, that's that's kind of where, where I see the opposite uh, side. Uh, in terms of uh, owning uh, jerseys, I have a lot of them. I always buy them on sale. So um, I'm not a huge believer in owning jerseys with numbers on them or names. Um, I only have a Crosby and a McDavid one. But I, uh, in terms of Habs, I have the original uh, authentic CCM jersey. Um, back in the day, you know, I'm, I'm like this old guy now. Back in the day, white jerseys were worn at the home. So I have a white uh, Habs jersey from the CCM, from the... Uh, from the from the Koivu era, and I have the the 2016. So thank you for for finding that year. Um, I have the, the 2016 Winter Classic. I have a knockoff home red jersey, and I think that is all. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, maybe maybe one more authentic one. I'm not sure. Um, that's what I have for the Canadians. And I also have the beanie hat that goes with the 2016 jersey as well. And endless numbers of uh, hats. I'm a, I'm a hat collector. So um, the only problem with the Habs, like I, we've talked about this much, me and you before, but the only problem with the Habs hats is just it stands too much. So unless yeah. you're wearing like uh, jeans and a gray T-shirt, yeah. uh, the red hat is just too bad, a little bit too much, you know. So yeah. um, you don't want to look like uh, like an Xbox avatar. So. <laughs> <laughs> I agree 100%. I have the uh, 2018 draft hat, which is the Kakinemi hat, and that is like pure red. It's a yeah. beautiful hat, but it's just, it's really, you you don't wear that every day. So That's right. Yeah. Unlike your Filipino friend on the bus. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who likes the colors? <laughs> yeah. It's good to like the colors. He's attracted well, I mean, to colors. We can laugh at that guy, but I... I, I I couldn't name you one player of the LA Dodgers, and I have a hat for them. So uh, I also bought it for the colors. So there really, we go. Nice. I would. I I think I own a Blue Jays hat, and I can't tell you. I I still think uh, uh, Dave Bautista is still playing there. <laughs> so, um, so outstanding, gents. Um, one thing, Alex. I mean, I think. To be honest with you, Colin, you, you'll have to remind you'll have to remind me if I did this with you as well. But like we like to do Mount Rushmore, we get, we like to ask our guests of uh, oh, their yes. Mount Rushmore of players. Did we do that with you, or was that uh, uh, later on with our guests? Uh, you did do it with me. You did. Believe, okay, so yeah, yeah. so Alex, it's up to you now to tell us your top four players. Um, you can name them in any order you want, like uh, um, best players, most. The, the ones that you like the most, uh, legendary, anything, anything at all, uh, your top four players. Oh, all right. Well, you know, I'm going to start clean here. Cole Caulfield. I think he goes there. Okay. Yeah. 
I got Care Price. Loved him. Okay. Um, and you know, I'm I'll probably go Crosby. But okay. he's doing yeah. is pretty great. And the fourth one, uh, you know, it's kind of hard because I could go lots of places. But if I keep, um, I mean, you gotta go Gretzky, I think. Uh, okay. Yeah. I thought we we're getting along here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alex. You, well, first thing about Danny, you gotta know is, uh, is uh, Gretzky actually uh, Gretzky um, actually scammed him out of ten thousand dollars in a gambling uh, uh, heist. So draft yeah. king. <laughs> 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 yeah he's not a huge uh, Gretzky guy but uh, yeah that's fair that's a good one I like that I had um, I had two of those guys on mine so yeah you, you know I mean you want to repeat yours again obviously I put Caulfield there but you know yeah. I just love the player yeah Carey you know followed him all throughout his career I think you know he's one of the great and you know I mean you could go lots of lots of ways there's lots of great players you know you could go even back further, you know, you could put Jean Beliveau, you could put Maurice Richard. I mean, there's lots of great players in the league, I think. Yeah. I I, I can't tell you what mine was. I, I I'm missing one player. I remember that. I, it's uh, it's Headman, you said. Um No, I know the I know those one I don't know. I had Crosby, Price, Headman, and someone else. Um, I, I can't I can't tell you for the life of me. So anyways. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Patrick Maroon, uh, Robin Lehner, uh, Corey Perry, uh, Phil yeah, Castle. yeah, Phil Castle, yeah. Uh, uh, Matt Reeves. So. Okay, um, I guess we can uh, kind of end it there. I'm not sure, you know, um, one thing is that what do you guys expect? Just because everyone is talking about it right now, that's like the flavor of the, of the week. Um, your thoughts on Pittsburgh? Uh, do you think that Eric Carlson is gonna is going to really make an impact here, or is uh, is Dubas in for another series of failures here? I hope whatever he creates is able to beat Toronto in the first round of the playoffs this year when they are the last wild card seed, and Toronto is the first place team in the East. That would be that would be something else. Yeah, I think it's gonna it's it's written it's literally written in the stars, you know, like. The, Pittsburgh's going to be a wild card team. Toronto's going to is going to play against that wild card team, and then we just got to hope that it isn't a Brady Belichick situation, and the GM is actually the person that carried the the team. <laughs> Alex, Toronto's first place doesn't sound like it. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Jesus. No. Yeah, no. Uh, Alex, for me, I, I agree with Colin. I think they're a wild card team. I don't think Carlson changes that much to that team i think they're they're fairly old but i do think they're still a wild card team and it would be absolutely amazing that they beat toronto in the first round i think uh it would be chef kiss but (laughs) but yeah no i don't think it's going to change much i i still believe wild card team but seems as uh it seems as habs fans we always get a chef's kiss of toronto every year (laughs) <laughs> so there's always something there's always something that they do just like wow that just makes me happy um if i think pittsburgh i mean they, this is the first time they first time crosby missed the playoffs in like 10 years or something i mean so they'd be definitely hungry to get back i think they got a good decent team um carlson you know 
I think this I, I, I this is the, probably the third or fourth uh, day or episode in a row I've mentioned this, but uh, you know if you're gonna win the Norris, plays please play some defense. Um, <laughs> I just that's my problem with it. But who knows? Maybe he does get a little bit uh, of a better opportunity in in Pittsburgh, not being the guy. Like he's got Latang there, and he's got that's it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's other defensemen, but they got some decent guys. They got Crosby, Malkin. I mean. You know, it's obviously different than San Jose, you know, Couture and, and that's it. And Vlasic, who's like, you know, you know, every day he, he from the game he goes to after the game, he goes to his retirement home. So uh, it's definitely different for him. Um, a wild card I could see. I don't know who anyone else in that division that can contend that. Uh, I think Washington misses. Um, it all depends on goaltending. So um, we'll see who they get. Uh, for their backup here, but um, yeah, I think it just depends on, and it, yeah, a lot of it, getting to the playoffs is one thing. Uh, when you're in the playoffs, it's it's about consistency. It's about believing in certain groups, a, a certain group. Getting to the playoffs, you need to have as much consistency as possible so you can get points. And if, if Jerry's not playing up to par, uh, they're going to have an issue. So that's my opinion. I think uh, I'll kind of pick it left field a little bit. I think if, if Dubas manages for whatever reason to land Hellebuck or Gibson, then we we have a serious team here. But uh, if it's just going to be as is, I mean, I like what he's done a little bit with, you know, the, the Petlicks and the Sharis and, and, and whatever. But Lars Eller, I think he also signed there as well. I could be wrong here. But um, again, uh, we'll see how that goes as well. But uh, he's trying his best. He's always done that. At least he's, he's learned his lesson from the Nick Foligno's and Dwayne Simmons and stuff. But uh, we'll see. Um <laughs> We'll see what that. Uh, you know, speaking <laughs> of uh, speaking of second chances with uh, with Dubis, um, uh, former VP of communications for the Habs, Paul Wilson, uh, met up uh, recently with um, with two buddies uh, of his, uh, Bergevin and Charm. Uh, March, I thought of you when I when I saw that uh, tweet, just because um, in that same picture that they posted together, I'm not sure if you guys have seen that. Um, Ducharme is actually has a Twitter account. Uh, yes, he I does. Thinking... I, yeah, he does. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that, uh, yeah, I, I requested to follow him. He hasn't followed me back. <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't wait. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was like, maybe this guy created the account after March deleted all the uh, the memes there. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. what a yeah. shame. He escaped that. But uh, yeah, okay. it, you know what's funny is, uh, yeah, whenever... <laughs> He all he has to do is search up at FFS price and then type his name next to it in the search bar and he'll get his autobiography. Like <laughs> I I probably tweeted about the guy in her times and say with Josh Molson, that's probably why he does, you know, <laughs> to search up my name with Josh Molson. I mean, I speak good about him now, but you'll go back to when the Habs were kind of crap. I just <laughs> all I said, I, I tweet the same thing every day. Or every time we lost, I ho- hopefully Josh Molson, Mark Bergevin, and Dominic Ducharme are enjoying the the game, and <laughs> the, where the Habs are losing like seven three, and then I talk <laughs> about how Molson beer tasted like piss and tag him, and <laughs> it, <laughs> I was kind of a menace, and since then I've kind of sprung up because obviously we don't have that management anymore, um, so I haven't had to really do it with uh, <laughs> with Hugo. But so. and believe me, folks, those that are listening, uh, that's the clean version of what just March. Uh, the oh yeah, there. oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I would have uh, put, uh, almost put um, 
Ducharme on the most wanted saying talking about SWAT teams and stuff. So uh, I was definitely a different animal on Twitter, and that's for sure. Well, on that note, uh, I don't want to end it. Like this is so fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, any it's last a lot of thoughts? Fun, yeah. Anything you guys want to talk about um, before we wrap this up? I don't think I have anything. I think uh, I'm just excited okay. for the training camp to start. Uh, it's starting soon, right? Like it's got to be uh, less than a month away uh, to rookie camp at least. So get exciting. Get excited for that. You know, you guys are gonna have a couple shows probably talking about that in the future. So excited to hear them. Yeah, for it. sure. Like you know, um, yeah. Like we're gonna we're gonna keep going with this. We've got an interesting uh, interesting expectations for this podcast coming up um some interesting guests i mean at the same time you know it doesn't matter if we have uh um i I was gonna say like uh, donald trump but it doesn't matter who we have on this podcast yeah i mean uh just uh i think danny mentioned at the beginning um you know it's a podcast by fans for fans it's not uh i mean sure we can be uh you know sponsored by DraftKings. i think we're still going to be opening this up to to any type of, of guest to come on and the same with you too i mean colin it's great to have you back but alex um i know it's getting pretty late over there for you but at the same time well, also for colin but um same time thanks for coming on and you're also welcome to to be back with us um it doesn't have to be necessarily this kind of um habs dive but we do all sorts of things over here so yeah, and we're sure yeah go ahead alex sorry yeah, for sure. Thank you guys for inviting me. Uh, I really loved it. I mean, uh, like Colin said, I mean, hockey's getting starting pretty soon. Uh, I think it's going to be exciting, even if we're probably going to be in the bottom again. I mean, I'm just excited <laughs> to see goal scoring goals. Uh, I've been winning since January, so, you know, that's something I'm looking forward to. <laughs> well, I think um, I, 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 that's what I was going to say. I think um, my Twitter account's going to be involving and to talk about the talking shit about the medical staff so hopefully these guys are all healthy and hopefully cole stays stays healthy but you know what if he goes down again i'm gonna lose my will to live anyways (laughs) (laughs) anyways that's fantastic um this is great this has been awesome uh can can you can i ask you guys a favor and and maybe mention your twitter handles again for people to follow you uh, both alex and colin alex want to go first so yeah, my Twitter handle is Cole Goldfield, like a goal in the field. Uh, I also have an Instagram with the same name, but I don't really go, so just go on my Twitter. I'm yeah, pretty this active. Is, yeah, and if you're looking for, um, if you're looking for uh, uh, basically my account, but uh, the Caulfield version, uh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, the, the, this guy. <laughs> It's totally honest truth. I think he's more of a super fan of Cole Caulfield or Cole. I see I'm saying Cole Goldfield here. Cole Caulfield than I am with Suzuki, and that's saying something. So yeah, he's a he's a great follow. Colin, what's yours? Yeah, mine's uh I pretty much only use Twitter. Uh Colin Dorland, one L in Colin, one O in Dorland, and uh that's pretty much it. Or Commissioner Colin, I'm not sure what's easier, what I'll fo- uh show up as easier, but yeah, that's the username. Okay. And this guy's um <laughs> uh he's he's yeah i mean yeah (laughs) go ahead march no i don't know i I, know i'm literally lost for words how to describe colin colin's a good account he's solid uh not when he's you know taking he's been doing some some cool graphs as well 
Yeah, I've been doing no, some motion, gra- motion graphics. So, uh, and I have, I actually do have a small project I'm starting for this season. So I'm not going to say too much about it yet. I mean, if you guys want to know what I'm going to do, I, I'll Bring talk about it later. But because uh, I maybe you guys can help me with it a little bit. But uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll talk about it later off uh, off the record. You know. Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. Put it. Put it. Bring us into the loop then, for sure. I will. I will. March, uh, as uh, it's, buddy, it's been uh, a pleasure as always. Um, I, I'm kind of thinking about this, and I know that we have some awesome guests lined up as well in the next few weeks, uh, with no pressure, obviously, for them to join. But uh, I think we should uh, do some sort of episode as well about, like, you know, some general stuff. Uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about Oppenheimer and, and Barbie and, and some summer movies that have uh, people have seen as well. Uh, kind of kind of got me thinking about maybe we should talk about our top movies as well. I don't know, something just an idea to just to take a very mini quick break of hockey just before we the, the season starts. Uh, yeah. I don't know. No, I agree 100%. I think we could do something, uh, uh, slot something in where um, we talk about something other than hockey. That's, I mean, uh, this isn't all about uh, about one team, one sport, or. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. it is about one sport. Yeah, I was about to say, don't talk yeah. baseball with me. I'm lost. But <laughs> uh, you know, it's not, we can definitely talk about other things. So yeah, if we do something about movies, and if any of you guys are, are big movie guys, I watched Oppenheimer, so um, I'm I'm pretty itching to talk about it. But I've got uh, a list of my top 15 movies lined up. So we've got, um, like I said, I mean, we do. We, we if we're talking about. Uh, you know, format and prof- professionalism, and we try and keep it as professional as possible. But at the same time, and we, like like Danny always says, it's not like we have a studio here with like uh, 15 people, you know, ready to line up the Budweiser uh, sponsorship, and and we've got <laughs> uh, you know Danny's you know cutting deals and signing contracts. Like no, it's just it's just having fun. Like we used to do spaces a lot on Twitter, but it's, it's sometimes a bit difficult and hard to hear sometimes. So this is almost like a bit of a space. So. I, yeah. Danny said nine episodes in. Hopefully, we'll get to get to 18 soon. And who knows how far after that? Fantastic, um, guys! Be sure to follow us on on Twitter. I think uh, this is where we post all our, our our tweets and also on Instagram as well. Handle for both is the same. So it's C to C T H P, which means coast to coast, the hockey podcast. Um, follow us on there. We're going to be tweeting in the next I don't know the next hours or. Uh, maybe tomorrow uh, the, the, this episode here and um, yeah best way to get to uh, follow us mm-hmm. yeah exactly well thanks for listening guys and thanks for coming on uh, Alex and, and Colin um, you guys are always welcome back an Peace absolute thank pleasure you. thank you guys alright thank you okay see ya I'm bored <laughs> <laughs>